Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, welcome to Horror vs. Reality. I'm Anastasia, as always, and I think Morgan is Morgan. Morgan, are you Morgan? Um, I'm not sure. Maybe? I think so. Okay. Mo. I'll, I'll choose oh. Mo today. Okay, she's Mo today. Uh, and our guest today is the host of Wednesday Wine and Horror, Heather. Hi, Heather. Hi, guys. Um, you know, it's so funny. I didn't even know. Okay, so I knew Morgan's name, and then I was like, um, <laughs> who's the other girl I have to ask? But again, we're going to blame my pregnancy, okay? That's, there oh, you go. I mean, okay, pregnancy to be brain. fair. <laughs> I've just been messaging you from my Instagram account, which That's is true. And I've yeah. said Morgan's name in reference to her wow. schedule and stuff, but I've not said my own name. <laughs> you know what? You, you're right. It kind of <laughs> is. Your, we'll blame you and the baby it, because you know, so there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm Anastasia. Hello. <laughs> nice to meet you guys. Nice to meet you. Yeah, Thanks you for coming on the show. Although technically Morgan and I aren't really in the South anymore. I guess Morgan's more in the South than I am for sure. Yeah. But we are 
both Southern girls from Mississippi, and you live in Louisiana, yes? I do. I live in Monroe, Louisiana, so yes. Oh, I have played okay. many a soccer tournament in Monroe. Wow, and so Mississippi, so yeah, what part of Mississippi? Because that's not terribly far away. Um, I'm from Clinton, and okay. Morgan's from Flora, right? Canton? No, Canton. 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 Okay. I know where Clinton, I know where Clinton's at. Um, I, I used to go to Vicksburg quite a bit because I like the casinos. <laughs> so I know how to get to Vicksburg for sure. Was your mom from Flora? Yeah. My mom was from Flora. That, okay. Yeah. That's all right. That's what I got mixed up. Okay. Gotcha. And hell yeah to the Vicksburg casinos. Um, <laughs> who, who in Mississippi yeah. hasn't been there, honestly. Right. <laughs> okay. So today's episode is extremely wicked, shockingly evil and vile and extremely long titled. <laughs> I uh, agree. <laughs> versus Ted Bundy. This film came out in 2018, I believe. Or maybe it was 2019. Ooh. Let's see. <laughs> it's, two ta- it's, it's 2019, you guys, just for reference. Okay, excellent. I that's Okay, I wavered on that. It was filmed in 2018, came out in 2019. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I don't love this movie. I don't hate this movie. I'm, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how you- I feel about this movie. I, I, I was watchable. It wasn't one of those movies where I had mm-hmm. to watch it in three parts, like yeah. Carla. I don't know yeah. if you've ever seen the movie Carla, but it took us. Uh, oh, I haven't. Do I haven't. I, I'm not going to now. <laughs> Forget it. It's not because it's made poorly. It's because it's way too creepily close to how the crime actually was. And mm-hmm. the director was so obsessive about it that it was like pervert. Okay. Okay. I mean, I now don't, I don't know. I might kind of watch it actually. <laughs> it, it I makes, like weird shit. It makes you feel like you need a shower afterwards. Okay. Yeah. And you and get to see Laura Preppen from uh, that 70s show and Orange is the New Black yeah. as a serial killer. And her husband is played by the guy who plays Castiel on Supernatural. Yeah, they definitely uh, put her in a good light in that movie, though. Oh, yeah. They make her look really like good she, when yeah. she's definitely guilty. <laughs> yeah, she was definitely involved. That was yeah. the, the one main part that was, like, not correct. But um, the way that they did the crimes and everything, that was too correct. Correct, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like, like it, it was like watching them get murdered. It felt like watching no, I was gonna say a uh, snuff film. Thank you. I want I kept my yeah. brain kept wanting to say smut film, and I definitely didn't mean that. Smutty I mean it snuff. is smutty, but <laughs> snuff, yes. There we go. Bada bing, bada okay. boom. <laughs> okay, so I, I know what this is. I, I looked it up on IMDB just because I was curious. And now I'm reading about it. I was like, oh, I know what this cri- I know about this crime. And yes, really fucked up. Like, I don't yeah. know if I anything with rape like that. That's I remember this story and I remember watching it on like ID Discovery or something. And I was like, holy mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. It's a really hard movie to watch because yeah, you really see is. all that stuff. Yep. Yeah, that's right. All right. So extremely wicked, shockingly evil and vile. Its director is Joe Berlinger. He is an American filmmaker and producer, particularly focused on true crime documents. Documentaries such as Brothers Keeper, Paradise Lost, uh, which are the, about the child murders at Robin Hood Hills, mm-hmm. the West Memphis Three. 
uh, crude, whitey, the United States versus of America versus James L. Bolger, and intent to destroy, death denial, and depiction. A 2017 HuffPost article said Brothers Keeper and the Paradise Lost trilogy helped pioneer the style of documentary filmmaking seen in Netflix's recent true crime sensation making a murderer. A combination of artful cinematography, a stirring musical soundtrack, and a dramatic narrative structure as compelling as any scripted film is kind of his style. Which mm. means it was, it was kind of a natural fit for him to make a film based on a true crime. Yeah. Um, in fact, he also did the Netflix docuseries Conversations with a Killer, the Ted Bundy tape. Mm-hmm. He did both of these projects almost in tandem in 2019. Oh, I didn't know he did that one. Yeah. In fact, some of the raw footage from the documentary made it mm-hmm. into movie that's yeah 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 i did i did recognize that because i've seen the documentary i actually um like the documentary pretty well and i do kind of i know we're not talking about it exclusively yet but yeah your opinion on the movie as a whole it was a little disappointing. <laughs> yeah, I know he was trying to give it a different perspective by giving it the perspective of her life with him. Mm, yes. But because of that, it al- it was almost sympathetic to Ted Bundy, and that made me feel icky all over. Yeah, I thought so, too. Yeah, I think so, too. And also, it, they've made so many different films, okay? So many different, I want to not call them lifetime movies, but Jesus, that's what some of them look like. They're so fucking stupid. But well, yeah, they've made like, so made many. Movies. Yes, they're horrible. And you know what? They depict him so differently in every one. I know it. I've seen every single one. (laughs) Bundy Bundy is the worst one. Oh, my God. It is. I think my favorite one is the one where Mark Harmon from NCIS plays Ted Mm -hmm, Bundy. mm -hmm. I think that's the one. I mean, look, I like Zac Efron. I ain't even trying to play with y'all. But, like, (laughs) I mean, hello. But, I mean, he did do a good job. I wouldn't say he was awful in it. But, I mean, I'm sorry. We're we're watching a movie about the most notorious serial killer you know one of them and they really didn't show you any no. their murders there was yeah. really no violence in it you don't see him commit any kind of crime in any way no. until the very end of the movie yep. and then it's just a very short quick cut yep, yep. and he, he's he's likable in the movie yeah, yeah. i know so, <laughs> I, I mean if you look at it from the point of view from the phantom prince my life with ted bundy by elizabeth mm-hmm. kendall Which um who is who is liz in the movie um mm-hmm. you do kind of get that feel from all the women who dated Bundy and uh, married Bundy. And I think that's the angle that the director was going for to honor uh, the women in his life. It's not really a murder movie. They should have named it like the women that loved Bundy or something. Which was like every fucking woman ever because I swear (laughs) he could get anything he wanted. And also Lily Collins playing Liz. I was just a little more conflicted about her playing Liz for some reason and I don't know why um she's so pretty and I there's I don't know I know I think that's what it is it's like think about it Ted Bundy in real life like what he actually looked like yeah he wasn't the most handsome guy but he wasn't super he wasn't ugly Zac Efron <laughs> no thank you ma'am serial killers though he, yeah. was, he was so fun <laughs> yeah see that's the thing it's almost like 
well, how could you not like the character? And then you have Liz, who's played by this beautiful woman. And the real Liz, not not trying to be, you know, disrespectful, but I mean, she was just kind of plain Jane, obviously. Yeah. So yeah. you look at this cast and you're like, these people are all beautiful. All of them. <laughs> yeah, I think they took like the, I don't know, the... <sighs> I guess like the human aspect out of it, they made it glamorized a lot. Um, they did. They did. Yeah. I really enjoyed the soundtrack, though. The soundtrack yeah. was good. And I also don't think that, um, I don't think, you you didn't see enough uh, of the victims and their lives. You just saw so mm-hmm. much of her and Ted. Yeah. I'm so I hate sick to... of it being so focused on him. <laughs> I hate to break it to you. I didn't really focus on the victims in this because there's like mm-hmm. 37 or more. So oh, I know, yeah. I get that, and that's- um, and what we're gonna like later, we're I'm gonna talk about like you know the the book versus the movie really I guess well yeah 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 right and um I mean just a lot of all the real facts versus the movie because the movie changes a lot of things just for narrative. Yeah, and adds a lot of stuff together, like pushes yeah. it together. And- yeah, uh, you'll set us all straight, and I'll add a couple of things too <laughs> just because they're technical things but we'll get into it um oh, yeah. as, as soon as i finish talking about the cast so let's start with zach afron as ted bundy obviously i really don't think i need to explain zach afron to the vast <laughs> majority of you but yeah. for the sake of anyone who doesn't know who zach afron is he started his career in disney's high school musical trilogy from there hollywood came a colin and he began to appear more widely in films like Hairspray, the Neighbors franchise, the film version of Baywatch for some reason, probably just because he has those abs. <laughs> that uh-huh. movie's shit. <laughs> I'm sure it is. I'm sure it yeah, is. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah. Now, in television, he's had guest roles on NCIS, which is funny because Mark Harmon also played Ted Bundy. Mm-hmm. Um, he was all, he had a guest spot on Firefly, ER, Entourage. He also did various role, um, voice roles for Seth Green's claymation adult swim comedy, Robot Chicken. Mm-hmm. Beginning in 2020, Efron began hosting his own travel show on Netflix, which is called Down to Earth with Zac Efron. Mm-hmm. I yeah. never saw it. I How never saw it. <laughs> I didn't watch it. It's uh, still on. The I read that the next season is going to be entirely in Australia. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, I'm sorry, but if I'm going to watch a travel show, it's going to be Anthony Bourdain reruns. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, don't... <laughs> I mean, that's, he I, is the man. I, I will agree with you ladies on that. I mean, like, Zac Efron, okay, yeah, like, his face is good to look at, but I don't want to watch a travel show with him in it. So no, I don't I want didn't watch to know it. the real him. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to look at him. I don't even want to. Okay, I'm going to be real. I don't even want to look at him that much. He is not. He is the exact opposite of my type. Morgan, if we recall to the last episode, Mm -hmm. I like him (laughs) tall, lanky, and thin. And, and androgynous. He, and androgynous. And he's like 5'8 and yeah, he's built. Short. And he's got <laughs> yeah. like a jawline that is not soft and is very manly. And that's, <laughs> yeah, too, he, that's too manly yeah. for me. Yeah, I, I get you. That That's okay. I mean, I, I like all kinds of types, to be honest with you. I was just like, oh, okay. Well, I think I can sit this movie because he's playing Bundy. As opposed <laughs> to some of the other people that have played Bundy over the years that were not very good. True, so. like the guy in Bundy was. <laughs> oh the my god! Of all of them. I will never 
waste my time again watching that shit. <laughs> Please it don't. It was so bad. None of bad. you watch that unless you just want to watch a train wreck. It, oh, God. If mm-hmm. you're in for a train wreck, then mm-hmm. well, Go for yeah, it. Yep. that's the the one in the early 2000s, right? It's the uh, 90s, I believe. Uh, yeah, no, it's, no, it's like 2002, I think. Oh, actually. 2002, you're right. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that one's terrible. All right, I was that trying to so remember because there's so many. <laughs> exactly. Do you, do you know why you think, is, uh, you, you know why she thinks it's in the 90s? Is because it looks like it was one, filmed in the 80s. Oh, that's true. There's also one in the 90s with uh, the actor Billy Campbell. Uh-huh. Yep. Who uh, was the abuse of husband of Jennifer Lopez and Enough. And Enough, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's Thank a good you. movie. It's, you know, it's I mean, a you know, it is, but like I actually kind of low key, and, and you guys might kick me off the show, but I kind of low key like hate JLo. But I was like, okay, I'll watch just because I feel like she's. I'm just not for all that. And then I was like, okay, well, this movie is like not that bad because she plays in rom-coms and they're extremely cheesy, of course. True. Yeah, the, the only movie I like her in is in Selena. Oh, yeah. Well, in Selena. Well, yeah. yeah. That's, that's way better. <laughs> that movie was made for her. She was made yes. to be Selena. Yeah, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah. She was great as a as a fly girl on In Living Color because she's just dancing. <laughs> yeah. We don't have a lot of yeah. We don't have a lot of love for J Lo over here either. (laughs) I just it's I mean it's just like okay we get it blah 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 blah. We she has a big ass. Okay, well so do a lot of people, but nobody's famous for it. So let's get over (laughs) it. (laughs) Plus, she's a total bitch. But she's Um, getting from the block. She's like needs to her health and stuff. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's a bitch. Like if you look like that and you look like what is she in her fifties and she like. Yes. So she looks damn good for a woman in her fifties. That's also called money, honey. That's called money. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So Lily Collins plays Liz Kendall, uh, which again Morgan will get into it. But Kendall is not her real name; it's a pseudonym that she used for the book. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So Lily is the daughter of rock star Phil Collins, who you know is his own singer in his own right but also drummed for genesis and lily began her career on the short-lived bbc series growing pains which by the way has nothing to do with the american sitcom of the same name she rose to prominence in her own right with films like the blind side playing sandra bullock's daughter she also played opposite of what's her name julia roberts in mm-hmm. mirror mirror she gained later critical acclaim playing a girl struggling with anorexia in 2016's to the bone currently mm-hmm. collins can be seen playing the titular character in netflix's emily in paris Mm-mm. i've never I seen ain't it. Watching that. I ain't no watching it, it is not my kind of show at all <laughs> have you ever seen my, to my, the bone i have no I've actually but i watched want that. to now it's good it's uh i thought it was not bad actually it was pretty good i mean it's like if you're not doing anything you want to spend you know an hour and a half ish or whatever i mean it's better than a lot of other shit that's on netflix so it's not bad it's very heartwarming and endearing and she I like her character in it, though. Not bad. I never watched the whole movie. I, I fell asleep. <laughs> I'm terrible <laughs> at like sitting and watching movies. Me too. I pretty much even though we do, do a podcast work and 
Well, yeah, here's the thing. At this point, since doing the podcast mm-hmm. and I was already watching so many movies for work, this yeah. is all I do now is watch movies for work mm-hmm. in the podcast. I don't, yeah. wa- I don't watch a lot of them for fun anymore. And, yeah, you uh, got to get out of that. You got to get out of that because it'll become a habit, like like you just said. And then you're basically going to be like, all right, you can't enjoy it because you're like, oh, I'm just going to talk about it. True, it's not but fun. here's the thing. At least I love doing this. And I, with the exception of when we have guests, I usually pick the moves. <laughs> It's usually something that I want to do. Yeah. Well, no, that's good. I mean, that's why when I hosted my own show, I picked the movies. I was like, I don't want anybody to pick them because you guys are going to make me watch it. (laughs) Morgan does pick movies too. I'm, it's not, it's it's not a dictatorship. (laughs) Yeah. I got you. I'm blinking my eyes for help. (laughs) 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 Okay. So let's talk about John Malkovich as Judge Edward Cowart. He's an American actor, the recipient of several accolades including a primetime emmy two academy awards british film academy awards screen actor guild awards and three golden globe awards malkovich has appeared in more than 70 films i cannot talk about all of them he's been in the killing fields empire of the sun dangerous liaisons of mice and men mulholland falls con air rounders obviously being john malkovich <laughs> <laughs> the messenger the story of joan of arc uh shadow of the Vampire, Ripley's Game, Johnny English with fucking Mr. Bean, <laughs> Burn After Reading, Red, Transformers, Dark Side of the Moon, Warm Bodies, Cesar Chavez, Bird Box, and Velvet Buzzsaw. Those two being uh, horror movies, actually. Any of you seen Velvet Buzzsaw? I haven't. <laughs> Go watch this later, guys. It's a fucking <laughs> weird movie, but you will be thinking about it for days afterwards. I promise. I might have you to forgot. write it down. <laughs> you forgot one. I think I think you forgot. I didn't hear it. Well, I didn't list all the movies he's been in. Morgan, he's been in he's more in than Hitch- seventy. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yes, he is also in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> and he produced the wonderful, based on a graphic novel film, Ghost World, with Scarlett Johansson in one of her mm-hmm. earlier roles, before she was, like, smoking hot and she was kind of more plain-looking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Juno with Elliot Page and the perks of being a wallflower. He produced all those movies. Yeah, I do, I do like the perks of being a wallflower. I read that book cover to cover like 20 times in seventh grade and I, <laughs> I did too <laughs> i was like really excited when it was made into a movie yeah i mean i like it i mean like i said obviously the novels are almost always better so it's kind of hard to touch it but i like it because sometimes i don't watch scary shit but most of the time that's all i watch so i, I mean, try to same. venture <laughs> Yeah, because I go to bed watching true crime, you know, deadly women, and I'm like, no, I can sleep. I, I sleep just fine, though. I'm going right to Night Night Town. I mean, we're, we are all that woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I fall asleep with the Shutter streaming channel on all the time. Yep. Yep, I, I have too. that too. Wicked dreams. Wicked dreams when that shit's dude, <laughs> dude, I had a dream the other night that I had a pet fucking cockroach that I was letting crawl all over my body and I woke up with such heebie-jeebies. <laughs> oh my god. Oh god. Yeah, there was a cockroach. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't say that. I don't know. You eat it's like not, 10 spiders a year. That doesn't bother me. I it's think not, the number's actually closer to 70. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> that really does not bother me. What I do in my sleep does not concern me yeah right because you're asleep (laughs) who cares (laughs) 
Uh, but roaches are just gross. I'm not like afraid of them. They just cover. They're just diseased. Ugh. Well, they're they're disgusting, and they literally you like they will be the last thing standing in this earth because they like don't die. What is it that? In Twinkies? Yeah, them and them and Cher and Twinkies. <laughs> Cher, <laughs> Cher, and Keith Richards. <laughs> yeah, that's just oh, gonna God. be left standing. Those four. <laughs> you're probably you're probably right about that. He's he's scary looking, and Cher looks. Uh, 25 years old what is she 75 yeah she's had a Jesus. lot of work done with that money. oh yeah girl oh yeah girl we can tell oh, yeah, girl. she believes in a thing <laughs> called plastic surgery yes um, Fuck it, it i was, would too <laughs> as long as the doctor knew what he was doing and came yes. highly regarded and i wouldn't do too much just like a tuck here and there on my love handles probably yeah like those twin brothers uh what were their names oh my god let's no <laughs> sorry they, they scare me they just died There's, of covid oh that doesn't surprise me but yeah they're terrifying looking. yeah they were anti bad of course they were so was meatloaf <laughs> and yep. i've been listening to mm. a lot of like 70s music lately and spotify keeps putting meatloaf on because i mean i love rocky heart picture show so i think it thinks that i'm in love with meatloaf <laughs> so <laughs> on the day on the day he died of course because my favorite movie is Fight Club. Mark and I did a chant of his name is Robert Paulson. Mm. Oh. His name is Robert Paulson. <laughs> uh, and then we sang, I would do anything for life, <laughs> but I won't get back. <laughs> oh. oh, God. Too soon? <laughs> no, I mean, uh, <laughs> say what you want to say, girl. Uh, anyway, so let's get back to Sean Malkovich. Starting in the 2010s, Malkovich began prominently appearing in television roles such as Blackbeard in the short-lived NBC pirate drama Crossbones. He played Hercule Poirot in the three-part BBC One mystery series The ABC Murders. He was the titular character of HBO's drama series The New Pope, and he's portrayed off and on the Russian billionaire criminal Grigor Andalov on Billions for the past few years. And he's also currently playing Adrian Mallory in the Netflix comedy series Space Force. That show's not very good, which is a shame because I love Steve Carell, but it's not The yeah, Office. I wanted to check it out. Yeah, see, The Office is like one of my, it's pretty much my all-time favorite TV show. And so I, I heard about that and I said... Oh, I have to check it out. And then it's like, I'm kind of reading the reviews and I said, oh, mm, I don't know. <laughs> it, I'm really it's not getting positive that, on it. I'm really surprised it hasn't been canceled yet, honestly. Yeah. If Steve Carell can't carry it and actually make it, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of, um, mm -mm. it ain't worth, they need to cancel it. Yeah. All right. So, Kaya Scodelario, as I think I'm pronouncing that right. It could be Lario, Lario. Doesn't matter. Sorry, Kaya. Uh, as <laughs> as Carol Ann Boone. First off, I love her. I love Kaya Scudario. I have watched everything she's ever been in, and that's because I loved her on the E14 drama Skins so much. She played Effie Stoneham for five seasons, sort of. Season seven was like three short films, each focusing on a different character from previous seasons, and it the show follows a different group of teenagers every two seasons. Effie is mm -hmm. featured in seasons one, four, and seven. One through four and seven. So she's been in the most seasons, five seasons total. Anyway, she rose to prominence over here in the States, 
starring in the Maze Runner series of films based on the popular young, uh, young adult fiction novels. She also starred in Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Will this franchise please die already? I mean, my God, right? Like, I only saw the first one. That, I don't care. That's all I saw. The first I think one. I've seen the first two. I've not yeah. seen the third or the fifth or the fourth or whatever. It's too much. It's too much. <laughs> like, not even drunken pirate Johnny can save it. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think he was in the last one, so. I, I think I heard he wasn't either, so if you like Johnny Depp, you're not going to want to watch the last one. <laughs> I don't think anyone saw that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the editor who put it together <clears throat> saw that movie. <laughs> uh, more recently, she starred in the Alexander Aja creature feature Crawl as a woman escaping from an alligator during a hurricane in the Florida Keys. It's not bad. It's not what? good. <laughs> so she's in, she's like in Florida. And mm-hmm. there's a hurricane coming, as it happens when you live in Florida. And she gets trapped in the house that her parents are, like, selling, but haven't completely moved out of. She gets trapped in there. It floods. And she has to escape an alligator. <laughs> um, okay, I'm so the first, the first problem is that it, she lives in Florida. That's, <laughs> that's, actually, that's the entire problem. Like, <laughs> mm. No. Still Y'all know it. people crazy in Florida. Y'all oh, know yeah. it. Don't be playing everything bad that ever has happened. I mean, Ted Bundy. Hello. Yeah, he Ted killed Bundy. women yeah. in Florida. <laughs> so, fuck that. I ain't watching that movie. I ain't uh, watching it. it's, it's not bad, but it's not great. It's it's a creature feature movie with alligators. Yeah. You know, a, yeah. a monster alligator. That's, that's you know, yeah. you get it. You've seen it a thousand times. Okay, so um, she was also in this Agatha Christie adaptation for Amazon called The Pale Horse, which my voice just got hoarse as I said that. Um, (laughs) uh, But I liked it a lot. It's a good adaptation, and it's got some nice twists. Um, Anyway, I'll stop gushing over her. I just realized that I may have a crush on her. She's very pretty. She's gorgeous. yeah. Yeah. She's just cool. I, I, I follow her on Instagram. I'm going to stop fangirling. <laughs> hey, you're a total fangirl. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Haley Joel Osment plays Jerry, Liz's co-worker. He's seen dead people. He had a mom that paid it forward, and he learned about secondhand lions. <laughs> <laughs> but his career as an actor post-childhood has had some interesting, interesting zigs and zags. Just to clarify those references in case you didn't know what I was talking about, he starred in The Sixth Sense, Pay It Forward, and Secondhand Lions, respectively, as a child. Also, AI, Artificial Intelligence, Mm -hmm. which was the last project that Stanley Kubrick worked on before he died, and it was later taken over by Steven Spielberg. Wow. Mm. Yes. I mean, he looks so different now, too. Like, yeah, the beard and everything. I was like, wait a minute, I know that little kid. I see dead people. Yes, I do. I see Haley Joel Osment. That's who I see. And yeah. I was like, it was crazy that he was in this, though. I, I felt like he was a character that was like, for me, I was like, uh, I don't think that you're really true to the story. And I mean, I don't know for sure, but I don't think so. And also, it was just weird to me. I didn't think it was necessary. I was going to get to this later in the fun facts section, but he is a fictional character made Purely for this film. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I assume that from watching all the Bundy shit and, you know, all the documentaries, I was like, uh, 
what? Y'all are just putting in filler people. Plus, mm-hmm. he needed some money. He needed some money or something. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's actually Poor had guy. Really, he's actually had really steady work, uh, which I'll get into. He played Teddy Kraft in the Kevin Smith body horror comedy Tusk. Mm-hmm. Any of you guys seen Tusk? Okay, I have it in my list, but I haven't seen it yet. But everybody's been on my ass about watching it. They're like, oh, you got to watch it. And I was like, it's in my list. I haven't gotten to it yet. I also have this in my list. (laughs) (laughs) Guys. I don't know why I haven't watched it. The things that Kevin Smith does to poor, poor. Justin Long. Yes, poor Justin Long's body. Shame on you, Kevin Smith. (laughs) (laughs) I've just heard it's weird. You know, I just heard it's really out there. It's really out there, and you're just never going to look at Justin Long the same way again. Oh, oh, man. And I like him, actually, as an actor, so... It's not a bad thing. It's pity. Okay, okay, okay. Gonna, well, now I've, I've got to bump it up and like, watch. Yeah, you're going to be like, I saw you in Tusk. I'm sorry, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i got to bump uh, it up on my list then. Good call. All right, so he also played Adrian... Arcand and the another Kevin Smith film, Yoga Hosers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not very good, but it does star his daughter, Harley Quinn Smith, and her real-life bestie, Lily Rose Depp. Yes, mm-hmm. that's Johnny Depp's daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the most part, his career is now television-focused, focused, and that's actually mostly in comedy. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Joel Osment is actually kind of funny. Do yourself a favor and watch these two IFC miniseries, The Spoils of Babylon and The Spoils Before Dying. They are absurdist, slapstick, bizarre comedy that's, like, making fun of exaggerated sitcoms. No, not sitcoms. Exaggerated soap operas, almost. Mm-hmm. And it has Toby Maguire, Kristen Wiig, and, I don't know, some uh, Tim, the guy who used to be married to Susan Sarandon. Or not married, but her forever lover. Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so they're all in it. It's great. It's absurd. It's hilarious. Commend it. I don't know where it's streaming. But... Isn't Will, Will Ferrell's in it too, right? Will Ferrell is the host of it. <laughs> yeah. And so, he's okay. like, God. he plays the writer who wrote it. <laughs> and he's oh, like gee. really, really funny. Fat and he's dressed kind of like Francis Malman, and he's got lots of wine. Oh God! <laughs> I mean, it it sounds funny, so I'll probably have to get one of you ladies to send me like send it over in a message to me to re- remind me of the name of it because I'm telling you, by the time we move on, I have forgotten. You've already forgotten it. It's <laughs> it's great. It's I, I want to see it. I want to see it because I have. Plenty of streaming stuff. I'm sure I can find it, or I'm, I'm sure it can be found. I just watched it. Uh, it was just like one episode, but I think you mm-hmm. can stream it on the Roku channel if you have Roku. I do. Um, and it's also, I think it's on Amazon Prime. I got yeah. all that shit. I think it might be on Pluto, too, maybe. Yeah, Pluto. It, I got it's definitely on Pluto, too. too. I think you I can stream it, it on there. Okay, yeah. I'll just have to get you to re- remind you guys to, like, hey, can I you tell already, me the name? <laughs> I already sent you a message. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Yeah. It's great. You're it's welcome. it's really great. Yeah, it's hilarious. He also had some, see- some show-stealing guest roles on Silicon Valley, The Boys, the X-Files reboot mm-hmm. thing that they did, and What We Do in the Shadows. 
Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, didn't he In get addition- his arm bitten off or something? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> In addition to TV and film, he is also the voice for Sora and Volatus. I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong. I don't play these games. Um, in the Kingdom Hearts series. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wouldn't know. I don't play those games either. And also now I kind of feel bad for talking shit about him because I didn't realize he was like doing so much, I guess, because I haven't uh, kept up with him, obviously. And I was like, oh, wow, he's done all this shit in between all these years. I don't know where I've been. He's been steadily working. You just haven't been watching stuff he's been in. (laughs) I definitely have not. I I will sometimes think, God, I haven't seen fill-in-the-blank actor in so long. And then I'll look up their IMDb and I'm like, oh, they've been doing all kinds of stuff. Exactly. And see... I should have done that. <laughs> yeah. So Jim Parsons as Larry Simpson, the persecuting lawyer in Florida. Everyone knows Jim for the Bing, from the Big Bang Theory. He plays the super intelligent anal weirdo Sheldon. Mm-hmm. I hate the Big Bang Theory. I don't <laughs> know how the show ever became so popular. I'm not sure what it is about it. I think it's just really annoying. I've never maybe, seen it, so I don't know. Maybe... I I've only seen a few episodes like at my parents house here and there because my mom likes the show you know yeah um but I found it really annoying and I think maybe it's because I used to date a guy who was a little bit like that kind of robotic and really particular and annoying <laughs> and um maybe this hey, is something hey. you talk to my therapist about yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> I mean he, he he gave you PTSD you didn't know but I will add real quick he, he is uh, in the Garden State. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie. Of course. Okay, oh so yes. I love it. It's great, right? So he's in it, but he's like a small, very small role. But other than that, <laughs> in this movie, like I have, I do not watch The Big Bang. I heard that it was really corny. And then I saw it on TV, you know, like flipping through. And I was like, this looks fucking stupid. I'm not wasting my time. <laughs> exactly. Uh-uh. I mean, good. come on. It's a CBS sitcom. That's all you need to know. I, just, I ain't got time for that shit. <laughs> Uh Yeah. So he was in this movie called The Big Year with Jack Black and Owen Mm -hmm. Wilson. And Morgan, I think we've talked about this movie before. It's the bird watching movie where Jack Black spends like a year going around trying to fill his entire book with by seeing all these birds. Yeah, I don't I don't think I've seen the movie, though. But you've heard of it before. Yeah, I've heard of it. it Yeah, we've talked about it. It's actually a really cute little movie, and my boyfriend likes to bird watch y'all. So I do too. <laughs> I'm a sucker for bird watching. We feed the birds now. We've got bird feeders and suet. Like we've turned into bird watchers. I <laughs> what my favorite pastime is is during the spring when they're like mating. I have cardinals all over the place. Like mm-hmm. it's yeah. a state bird in Virginia. So right. um, when I see one, I'll start playing the female mating call so I can call them to me, nice. <laughs> and then. Mm-hmm. And then um, usually it attracts a female. And I'm like, oh, shit. Shit's about to get real. And then I'll start playing <laughs> the male version. And they're all like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they all just stare at me. They probably hate me. They're like, you son of a bitch. I thought I was going to get laid. And then like, <laughs> all these other dudes and chicks show up. And I'm like, you Fight. tricked us. <laughs> <laughs> Huh. Yeah, I have no idea. So he was also in the movie Hidden Figures, and on Broadway, he played God in oh, okay. 
an act of God. I do not think I could take him seriously playing God. I feel like Big Bang ruined him, and he will always be that character now. Um, I couldn't take him that serious in the in this film. It, like there was something about it. Like I felt like at any moment, because the way he talked like this a little bit, you know, that's so rude. I'm so rude. It's, it's not my fault. It's the baby's fault. But yeah, I was like, this is. I don't know why some of the people they they picked for this film. I was just like, hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it was a good pick. Either. I don't for he's that. Not that. Not, it's just not. He's just not an actor who I've ever seen in a serious role. Yeah, he's not convincing enough to be serious. You just see him in like corny little shows like that, like Big Bang, and he's like a nerd or whatever his character was. And when you watch that, even in Garden State, he was kind of goofy. He kind of was like had a. But he had like a fun, dry sense of humor, so he was better in that. But then there's you're like playing a prosecutor. It's like hard to take you serious, Sheldon. Get out of yeah. here. <laughs> get yeah. <laughs> Go home. Uh, yeah. Go exactly. talk about your mathematical equations. Right. Yeah, like and okay. your Lord of the Rings or whatever Star Trek. Yes. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he actually liked on the show because I've not yeah. seen. Me, math me and neither. Star Trek. Yeah. I would assume Star Trek, but like I don't know either. <laughs> All right, so getting on to some more interesting, not that the other people weren't interesting, but this is mm-hmm. interesting. So James Hetfield as the as Officer Bob Hayward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. That James Hetfield. <laughs> the lead singer and rhythm guitarist from Metallica. And yeah, I know what you're thinking. He's not an actor. And you're correct. He yeah. isn't. He's a musician who yeah. very very occasionally act. Yeah. So let me tell you some of the stuff he's done other than mm-hmm. this small role. He did a few various voices for Metalocalypse. He was the voice of Wolfgang on Skylanders Academy, which is a kid show. And he played Steve's water polo coach on American Dad. The mm-hmm. gag is that he actually is James Hetfield in hiding as a water polo coach until he gets his musical mojo back. And he breaks into song occasionally throughout the episode and says that he is definitely not the lead singer of Metallica. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) I don't really like Metallica, so my husband loves them whenever we whenever i was re-watching it and then he watched it with me last night he doesn't really get into like horror films or true crime stuff unless i'm watching it he's like oh this james hetfield i was like who the fuck's that <laughs> i was like what <laughs> and he was like metallica and then i was like exit light get out of this room <laughs> i cannot i mean i'm not a fan of that i don't know what it is about them i just don't particularly maybe it's just like i don't like that genre of music but he loves them so Love. our fans would know this but talking to a huge metalhead that mm-hmm. would be me um yes. I, I mostly listen to metal i do also like folk music a lot which we've talked okay. about before but yeah so <laughs> an interesting fun fact here is that one of my earliest memories is the inter sandman video by metallica I yeah my- i remember it <laughs> my well, my parents, uh, specifically my father, is a big thrash metal head. Megadeth, mm-hmm. yeah. Metallica, Slayer, Anthrax, all that. So that's what I was kind of. That's what I kind of grew up on. So mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty deeply in my DNA. But I get that it's not for everyone. Oh yeah, I mean, I married someone that he listens to all of that. <laughs> 
Like, that's just, like, shit. That's his jams. He, like, likes it, and he'll be like, do you want to listen to this? And I'm like, Ugh, I mean, I don't know. Not really. It's not like I, I do. I am open to lots of other music, but I think that's one genre that I have never been able to fully get into. My brother's a big metalhead, too. He's obsessed. Um, but, yeah, then I married somebody that's, like, obsessed with it. <laughs> so I was like, so- oh. So, uh, kind of similar. So, my partner is really into uh, the emo genre. Okay. I might can take that now. <laughs> now, I had heard some of the, the, the really big popular bands like Taking Back Sunday uh-huh. and uh, Hawthorne Heights and um, My Chemical Romance and stuff yeah. here and there. But I never really gotten into them until we started yeah. dating. Because it's still hard enough, you know, and I like punk music a lot. Like, one of my favorite bands of all time is The Clash. Yeah. Um, So, like, that was fine, but some of the more whiny emo stuff, that's, like... Yeah. That's just, like, that was, like, being dropped onto a different planet for me. (laughs) Because I I literally listened to, like, our our past episode that we just finished our series on was on the black, Norwegian black metal genre. Mm-hmm. Which I've seen this crazy band that we talk about, um, Mayhem. I've seen them live in concert. And, yeah. you know, they, they do antics like having pig's blood on stage and, like, oh, yeah. butch- butchered pig heads and stuff. And I mean, you then, have to. <laughs> but then, then he plays, like, I don't know, um, like, Falling in Reverse for me. <laughs> Where it's like these, it's almost like, hair metal yeah like the way that they dress and have eyeliner and stuff like that oh yeah (laughs) and I was just like huh I kind of didn't even realize emo was a genre like they were just not on my radar I didn't realize that there was this whole generation that I actually grew up in by the way I just lived under my own rock and didn't realize yeah. what was going on around me. I mean, I just definitely made, grew up in it. Yeah. It just made me just... feel really... Like, I had friends, too. But they were like, they were more into, the, like, screamo. Specifically, like, the weird genre that is Christian. Yeah. Like, so. HXC. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that... really popular in Mississippi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't so... really care for the screamo stuff. Not a big fan of it. I wouldn't even say that I know a lot of the emo genre of music. It's easy to get all of them mixed up, well, to be I honest like, with you. I like the metalcore end of emo. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, um, let's get back on track, guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Jeffrey Donovan as John O'Connell. That's Ted's YouTube. Utah lawyer. Mm-hmm. Donovan is probably best known for his role as Michael Weston on the USA Network dramedy Burn Notice. I have to confess to you, I've seen every episode of this show. Look, his best friend on the show is played by Bruce motherfucking Campbell. Okay, don't even get me started. Did y'all ask me to do this podcast so we can talk <laughs> about the love of my life that's tattooed right? on my body that I've <laughs> met three times? Let me tell y'all something. Y'all don't understand. My husband, I'm telling you, if Bruce Campbell came to me and he was like, let's go, I'd be like, bye, love you kids, fuck y'all, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> like, he is literally, I've been in love with Bruce Campbell since I was about 15. I think that was the first time I saw The Evil Dead, and I'm almost 39, and so I've gotten to meet him. Oh my God, I don't I don't care. I love him. Yeah, I, I love Bruce Campbell. 
terrible. My evil dead loving loving heart could not deny him these views. So I will watch this entire show. Yeah. And it's actually not that bad of a show. It's not a prestige drama or anything like that. Mm-mm. But it's about a spy who's burned by the agency he works for. And he spends the series trying to figure out who burned him. So it's like the spy equivalent of being fired. So they freeze his assets. And his, like, IRA, Irish ex-girlfriend helps him. And it all takes place in Miami. And there's Bruce Campbell being fabulous and lots of Hawaiian t-shirts. Love it. <laughs> yes. And yes. It's, it's a fun show. There's lots of explosions <laughs> for no reason. It's fun. We have, oh, he's also uh, notably in the sequel to Blair Witch, to the Blair Witch Project, uh, Book of Shadows. Yeah, which is- I knew he looked familiar, but I had to go back and check, too. Because uh, I was like, his face looks so familiar, mm-hmm. other than burn notice. And then I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was in Book of Shadows. I try. So when I tell people this, I try to definitely at least highlight a horror movie if they've been in one. Yeah. Sometimes they've just never done horror, and I'm like, well, fuck you. <laughs> well, but, in Book of Shadows is, I mean, it's not. I don't know. It's like not it's a horror awful. Movie. It's not yeah, but it's not like great. Yeah, it's no, nothing. It's, not, it's to quote Chernobyl. It's uh, not great, not terrible. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so Dylan Baker is the Utah prosecuting attorney. He is an American character actor. He gained recognition for his roles in films such as Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. My favorite, Trick or Treat, where he has a great role in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also in the horror comedy Fido. He's in Spider-Man 2 and 3, the Sam Raimi ones. And he's on television series. He's been on television series such as Murder One, The Americans, which Morgan knows I did a giant rewatch of like six <laughs> months ago. Oh my god, that's like all you get to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I, I fucking love Carrie Russell. And uh, he's also been on The Good Wife, uh, the latter of which earned him three primetime Emmy Award nomination. He's he's done a lot. Yeah, <laughs> like he's yeah, been he really in quite does. a bit of stuff. Yeah, he's been in a lot of stuff, and he's one of those faces where you're like, I know him from somewhere. Oh yeah. All right. It's so, always uh, it's always something very specific, though. It's not mm-hmm. something everybody's seen. Yeah, that's very true. Although I think maybe everyone's seen. Everyone of a certain age has probably seen planes, trains, and automobiles, I feel like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like... Long, long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. When I was a kid, for sure. Like, my yeah. parents were like, you gotta see this John Candy, Steve Martin movie. All yeah. Right, he was yeah. in a lot of uh, Law & Order episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, you're so right. That's where I recognized him. I was like, he is yep. in Law & Order. Have you not seen Trick or Treat, Morgan? I have, but it's, I mean, it's been a while, so. He's like, I think his little story arc in that movie is my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, it's pretty great. I, I need to rewatch that movie. You do. I have the Sam, the little baghead mm-hmm. looking character guy. I have a pop figure of him that Anthony bought for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's sitting over there next to David Hennett's David Tennant, Doctor, and Cthulhu. Nice. All the little yeah. bobbleheads? Uh, they're not bobbleheads, but yeah. They're like little action figures. Oh, I thought are... it was the bob- bobbles. <laughs> <laughs> There's no bobble. Hey, Shimi, are you talking about the little pops? Like, like yeah, the, the big heads? Head yeah. yeah, they have yeah. big heads, but they don't bobble. Oh, yeah, those they don't, don't bobble? Uh-uh, no. Mm. I have... Bruce, of course, Bruce Campbell ones. And then I have almost the whole set of the office ones. <laughs> nice. So, I have yeah. three different versions of Ripley from the Alien French. Yeah. <laughs> I have her in the exosuit. I have her like holding Jonesy the cat, which is mm-hmm. my cat is named after him. 
And uh, I have one like of her like with the machine gun looking badass or something like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So Angela Serafian. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce her last name. Serafian. I don't know. She's an Armenian actress. She's appeared in a variety of feature films and television series such as A Beautiful Lie, The Informers, A Good Old Fashioned Orgy, Lost and Found in Armenia, Reminiscence. But she's most widely known for her role in the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 2 as an Egyptian vampire. And mo- <laughs> Sorry, what? Yeah. Well, I, know, wait, I, I was like, I was like, hold on, what? No, okay, my daughter is obsessed with Twilight, but she, she's 18. But when she was younger, she loved them, right? So she wanted to watch right. them. So I did go see them all as being, trying to be a good mom, you know? I'm a cool sure. mom, but then I'm trying to be a good mom. And, um, but I don't remember her, like, I don't even remember any of the movies. Like, I don't, I couldn't tell you what, I watched, the first one was the only one I kind of remembered. And then there was, like, part two. Right, where he just stares at the fucking moon the entire time or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> I only watched I, the first one, and I don't even think I finished it. Yeah, yeah. I think I've uh, seen the first one, and that's it. That, I mean, that one's not awful, but it's not something I'm going to go back and rewatch. Our friend Olivia. Hi, Olivia. She <laughs> loves Twilight. <laughs> yes. And it's okay. It's a lot of people do. I a lot don't. of people do. Yeah, I don't hold it against her, but we do when, put fun. <laughs> yeah, my yeah. one of my really great friends, Kelly, like loves Twilight too. So I always send mm-hmm. her like funny TikToks of people making fun of it. Oh yeah, there's yeah. a guy named um, Oh my god, he's on TikTok, but I think you can see him on the reels too on Instagram. His name is Brody something. It's a guy with long hair, and he makes fun of. He's like, how to be the main character, right? And it's yes. always it's uh, always her. What's her name? Morgan, Bella. you post this guy don't you yeah, you yeah, yeah. Story. I, I follow him yeah I follow him because I was like he's so freaking funny because the way he shakes his head and he tries to be like her character yeah. it's like that's like, exactly how the movies are yes oh my god all right so her most notable role is Clementine Pennyfeather on yes. HBO's Westworld yes she's that's- so fucking great yeah, that's where I knew her from. I had not seen her in anything before Westworld. Me either. I I, I don't even I I've never seen Westworld, so <gasps> oh, it's good. I, I'm have... looking at it right now. It's on HBO. HBO. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's based off of a Michael Crichton novel um that was made into a movie in the seventies. And it's got the beautiful Evan Rachel Wood and she's great in it. She's like the star, the main character. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually have a really special relationship with Westworld, which I think I've mentioned in the earlier episodes because it was around the time that this was still happening. But Mm -hmm. during quarantine, it was like quarantine hit basically right after Mark and I had started dating. So like we started dating, we're able to go on like one date (laughs) and then quarantine hit. And so we lived an hour and a half apart at the time. So every week when Westworld came on, we Skyped and watched Westworld at the same time together. And that was our little weekly date. So so, that, so that's why you like it so much as well. Because it holds a nice memory to it. As It, it does. You know, it's, it a, it's a combo. Yeah. Yeah. It's a 
Combo. Yeah, I get that. All right, guys. We're going to jump into the movie now. Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> so in 1969 Seattle, law student Ted Bundy meets Liz Kendall, a young secretary and divorced mother at a bar to begin dating almost immediately. He goes, he takes her home and like gets in bed with her, but they don't sleep together. They just huddle and rest, which I don't know. I guess that's like sweet and cute if it wasn't Ted Bundy. <laughs> or <laughs> or stranger yeah. that you yeah. your house what you're wasted and your child's asleep but <laughs> i mean she needed some she definitely needed to make some better decisions there yeah because um, she just invited him over like straight up like your baby well she like the it was a young child a toddler and then it's just like um you don't even know him like i mean yeah, i'm okay with that but like booty call if you don't have any kids but like you have a baby yeah what if he was like <laughs> a child molester exactly. i mean you know? What if yeah, he was a serial killer? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, still, I get it. He's charming. So she went home. I, it, What was it? Like, you said 1969. That's when it was? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they they were all high. They don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> you can do whatever you want it. <laughs> sure. So Ted helps raise her young daughter that we were just talking mm. about, Molly. And there's, like, a whole scene of music montages that show small vignettes of them having a seemingly happy, normal existence. And then 1974, it's 1974 now, and news reports announce the recent murders of multiple young women, including two who disappeared in broad daylight at Lake Sammamish. A man resembling Ted was seen by several people asking women to help him load a sailboat onto a Volkswagen Beetle and a composite sketch of the attacker's release, and it looks like Ted. Uh, yeah, for sure. Fall, yeah, following hundreds of phone calls, Ted is arrested and the, fall, and the following year in Utah. Now, a young woman named Carol DeRanche picks Ted out of a lineup claiming he had kidnapped and threatened to kill her before she managed to escape. Ted's released on bail, returning home to Liz, who is upset after she sees a newspaper article where it's like, Washington man arrested in Utah. And he's like on the front page, and she's like, what the fuck? And she slaps him. And she's like, how many stop signs did you run, Tech? <laughs> it's like, they don't put you on the front cover of the fucking newspaper because you ran a stop signs, sign, right? Yeah. Uh, they they do when you, you know, take somebody's head off or viciously mm -hmm. rape them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, beat their skull in and then rape them. It's so horrible. Yeah. yeah. So Ted explains to Carol that, or Ted explains that Carol uh, was shown a picture of him in the lineup you know, before they took the lineup. Mm -hmm. And so she already had his face in, you know, her mind. And that's why she, he looked familiar. And this was all just, you know, they were railroading him. I'm being blamed. I'm being set up. So after a four-day bench trial, Ted is found guilty of aggravated kidnapping and is sentenced to serve a minimum of one to 15 years mm -hmm. in the Utah State Prison. Now, there's this scene where they're, like, leaving the um they're leaving the courtroom and this is before he's sentenced where it's there's just like a hearing and she goes to the hearing with them liz does and they bump into carol ann boone who becomes an important character later but it's not that yes. important now mm -hmm. but you could cut the tension between those two women with a knife oh god i know i was like oh because mm -mm. mm. straight up liz was like who the fuck you know she really wanted to be like who the fuck is that bitch because <laughs> oh I mean, yeah right she's just kind of like oh what's the story like 
like, no, you being too nice. Yeah. Like, who was that bitch? She was giving you fuck me eyes. <laughs> she, she was. She I was, was like, I knew because I, you know, from watching all the shows about him, I was like, I remember her character in other movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> all right. So a few weeks later, Colorado authorities charged Ted with the murder of Karen Campbell, and he is transferred to Aspen, Colorado in 1977. Liz is still refusing to believe that Ted is guilty, and the events start to take a toll on her, and she begins drinking really heavily. And they do a good job making the beautiful Lily Collins look haggard and worn down from stress and alcoholism. They did. She she looked rough, but she still looked hot. So I'm just yeah. saying. Like, well, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's how she would look if she looks rough. Beautiful people are still beautiful when they look rough. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so Ted elects to serve as his own attorney and that gets him the privilege of not having handcuffs or leg shackles on. He even calls her excitedly and it's like, hey, guess what I'm doing? And I get to just call you un, uh, you know, unsupervised, blah, blah, blah. And she just hangs up on him. She's so done, but not really done. She's done with him, but she can't let go. It's a love-hate struggle. Yeah. It's like Brookback Mountain. I wish I could quit you, but you know, less hot. Right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. She she was so she was so infatuated. Like I get it because she thought she was with someone that was helping her raise her daughter and was very caring and like a family man, basically, without being married to her. And then it's like, how conflicted would you actually feel if the love of your life, okay, was like, you're finding all this shit out. So I get that. But it was like, it took a lot of fucking convincing to make her understand. Like too uh, much. It feels like it was too much. Yes. Because, you know, sometimes people are uh, railroaded, but not that oh, yeah. often, especially yeah. not... A good-looking white man. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, if, I don't if a good-looking white man is being questioned for murder, he might know something about it. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, Ted's, you know, on the phone with her, and she, she hangs up and just doesn't care. I guess it's that same day where he's on the phone with her. He mm. notices that the the window is just like can just be opened and it was actually opened and he just sees the curtains blowing in the breeze and you can see the light bulb go off in his head cuz the next yes. time he has a hearing he the second that the stupid uh guard looks away to go flirt with some chick oh, in God. the mm. dino right the second that guy's not looking, he, like, still uh, is, like, pretending to have a conversation and then puts the phone down and fucking jumps. And prior to this, by the way, you see him practicing that jump, like, jumping yep. down from the top of his bunk. And, mm -hmm. you know, like, he's meticulous. So yeah. he escaped. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. He 
gets away for about six days in the mountains, and there's a good scene of him running around the corner, changing his clothes. He had a spare change of pants and shirt under his outfit. He thought about this to a T. Yeah, he planned it for like, oh, you had to plan that for months. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Liz visits Ted and ends their relationship. He gives her this book, Papillon, which, you know, to them means hope and to not give up hope. And it's mm. still, at this point, she's just done. Like, you're killing me. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And Ted feels abandoned and distraught. But come on, Ted. Do you realize what this looks like? Even if you were innocent, who would stay with you? I mean, really. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even. Like, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So he later escapes again by slowly sawing uh, a square around his cell's ceiling light. Mm-hmm. It shows him slowly sawing, like why people are showering and stuff so they can't hear and there's not as many people around. And he, you know, then just pulls himself into the the ceiling and it, they don't show exactly how he gets out. Mm-mm. No, I, I have I read would, about really how he would, does it, but. Yeah, but I would have liked to have seen it. I'm just saying. Yeah. I would have enjoyed seeing that. Well, look, just watch any actual true, like, watch the actual true crime facts about it. And basically what it is is he crawls at the top. He goes into one of the, uh, I, I believe it's one of the police officers, like, rooms or something. Somehow, yeah. no, I don't know how he doesn't get caught. And then he's able to put on different clothing and he literally walks his white ass out of the front of, I like, know. he just walks out. Like, I come know. on, y'all. It's I mean, he, like, memorized the layout of yes. yeah. the gel. Yes. While he's like walking back and forth between meetings so with his lawyers. So he's like, it's, okay, that room's always empty. Yeah. And it's unlocked. It, it's crazy to me to go back real quick to the first time he escaped. First of all, this is, you're talking about a convicted, well, I say convicted, possibly a serial killer. And you just are like, oh, it's fine. You can hang out in the library by the open window. It's not a big deal. Yeah. What? Like, That's, I didn't get that. <laughs> It's, it's too messy. That's the thing. I know this was like the 70s, but it was like, I guess if you wanted to kill somebody, you could get away with it a lot easier than apparently because oh, he escaped yeah. twice. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of unsolved serial killer cases. Still. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. And that's terrifying. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So, all right. So he escapes and you see him at a bar and he is like, hanging out with sorority girls and then boom the news that two women at a sorority house are murdered at florida state university and you Mm -hmm. know it's ted followed by vicious attacks on three more and Mm -hmm. ted is arrested and he tries to contact liz but she hangs up on him just nope he starts to receive a following of women who are fascinated by him some even claiming that they loved him and here comes carol ann Back in action, she is believed he has been innocent this whole time. She didn't wasn't just coincidentally in Utah at the time. She followed him to the trial to see him, yeah. and has been doing this the whole time. <clears throat> She's been in love with him for a long time, and it's just been like she got cold feet basically because Liz was there and they were engaged. Yeah, told I you. mean, <laughs> she at least. She at least had the balls to not try to, or the uh, decency to not try to just steal him directly from her. Although, yeah. 
it would have been doing her a favor. Right. She would have been like so less stressed, I guess, at that time, just because she would have maybe not found out about so much stuff right away. But then it's like, yeah. I don't know. I know you, I like Carol Ann is, she's a little bit, she's crazy too, a little bit. Well, like, yeah. I mean, to believe I mean, like, you uh, obsessed. Be. Yeah. Like, yeah. you, I think she knew deep down inside, but anyway, that's just my opinion. She I think she knew. Deeply in denial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> deeply yeah. in denial. So, all right. So Carol Ann's back. Meanwhile, Liz has started spending time with her coworker Jerry, played by Haley Joel Osment, who is mm-hmm. trying to help her move on from Ted. Now, a pretrial plea bargain is negotiated in which Ted would plead guilty to killing the two sorority girls, Lisa Libby and Margaret Bowman and 12-year-old Kimberly Leach in exchange for a 75-year prison sentence instead of the death penalty. But Ted refuses, and him and Carol begin to grow closer together. She visits him regularly, and they begin a relationship. But Ted continues to reach out to Liz, hoping that she'll take him back or come visit Mm. the trials or something. You know, he's just holding out hope. And she carries the guilt of being the person who gave Ted's name to the Seattle authorities in back in 1975. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's part of why she's been feeling so guilty, because what if he is innocent? And, you know, she still sort of thinks that. Ted later proposes to Carol Ann midday, or mid-trial, midday, and they marry. By the way, that went as follows. Ted is fucking Carol Ann up against the side of a vending machine in the visitor's room. Right. And then and then when he finishes, he just doesn't even look at her. And she's like, um, hello, why aren't you looking at me? Oh, I my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you still love her? Blah, blah, blah. And they kind of fight. And then yeah. Ted talks his way out of it <clears throat> like he always does. And then tells Carol Ann that he should have married her. And she says with those dreamy anime love eyes, do you mean it? And then, yeah, so, you know, in the court. It's legal <laughs> for Ted to be like, hey, will you marry me? And if she says yes, because it had witnesses and court and Florida court, shit was legal. So they're they're married now. It's so insane to me. That was just yeah. about as, as insane as some of the other shit that was going on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, so, what? So wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. They're married now. Um, <laughs> incriminating, incriminating Physical evidence is provided in court, including a match of a plaster cast of Ted's teeth. And there's mm-hmm. a scene where they, like, hold him down to get, like, pictures of his mm. teeth and stuff in the yeah, cell. Yeah, you know, make the uh, in, uh, impression of his teeth. Yeah, yeah. And um, the impressions match the bite wounds on Levy's buttocks. So that's pretty damning. Um, In under seven hours, the jury convicts Ted of the murders of Levy and Bowman, three counts of attempted first-degree murder, and two counts of burglary. Trial Judge Edward Cowart imposes the death sentences for the murders and for the murder convictions to be carried out with execution by electrocution. And the judge basically tells him that it's a shame that he wasted his potential and that he went down Mm -hmm. the wrong path. And that he would have made a good lawyer. And then he says the title of the film in reference to the nature of Ted's crimes. Yeah. So then, and that that was all true too, by the way. Like what yeah. he told him. Yeah, that's what he actually told Ted Bundy yeah. in in court. You know. Yeah, that's verbatim how he carried that out. Yeah. 
Um, so 10 years later, Liz receives a letter from Ted and visits him, taking a photograph given to her by a detective. She demands the truth, but Ted continues to deny having anything to do with the murders and proclaims his innocence. She then shows Ted a photograph, a crime scene image of one of his decap- decapitated victims, and he finally admits that he sawed her head off by writing the word hexaw in the condensation mm-hmm. on the visiting room uh, window that separates them. Liz leaves in shock and goes outside uh, to be comforted by her new husband. It's our boy Jerry and Molly, who is now a teenager. And she yeah. proclaims that, you know, she finally has closure and she's okay. Um, as the film ends, archival footage and on screen text says that Ted was executed in January of 1989 at 42 years old. Ted confessed to over 30 murders during his execution, or for the days before his execution, and his ashes were scattered in the Cascade Mountains, where he liked to ski, and where he dumped the remains of numerous victims. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was kind of like, I don't even know how they would uh, take on a request like that, considering that he murdered those women and left their bodies there. But then it's like, Oh, I would like to be a part of this spread my ashes here. I just felt like it was almost like insulting to the families, to like the women that he killed. So I don't know. Like yeah. your ass gone, throw them in the garbage. Like, sorry, Ted, you gotta go. <laughs> so I'm going to do the fun facts portion now where I give you some like random fact toys that didn't fit necessarily in what I was already talking about. Okay. So, Ted's former lawyer endorsed the casting of Zac Efron as Bundy due to Efron's physical resemblance to Bundy. The reason we got James Hetfield in this movie is because Berlinger worked on Metallica's Some Kind of Monster documentary. And he also wrote a book about making the documentary entitled Metallica, The Monster Lives. Also... Metallica's Four Horsemen plays during the scene where they forcibly do the teeth stuff on Ted. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the character, like I said earlier, the character of Jerry was an invention for the film to help dig Liz out of her depression. Yeah. During the film, a news report on Bundy lists his height as 5'7 through 5'8, but in real life, Bundy was 5'10. The mm-hmm. listing in the film was tailored to fit Zach Efron's height. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was in reference to the actual police reports because they thought he was 5'7 to 5'8. Yeah. Uh, and that's why all of his girlfriends were like, oh, it couldn't be Ted. I mean, there was a lot more reasons, but. Well, yeah. sure. the, well the director's specific reasoning was because Zach Efron was 5'8. Uh, yeah. So um, the scene where Carol and Ted effectively marry in the courtroom was actually during the trial of 12-year-old Kimberly Leach and not part of the Chi Omega trial. Yeah. The scene that opens and closes the movie with Liz visiting Ted in prison right before he is executed was actually a phone call in real life. She mm-hmm. was not going to go down to Florida to visit him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The director admitted to taking dramatic license to show true accountability and in reality, Ted's answer to Liz about whether he was a murderer is, was more obtuse than the hacksaw shown in the movie. Mm-hmm. But Liz's memoir says she was relieved for the closure. All the actors in pivotal roles were director Joe Berlinger's first choice to play those parts. Interesting. Mm-hmm. 
At the very beginning of the film, which says late 1970s, a $50 bill, I mean a $5 bill, is removed from a wallet that shows a banknote series that started in the 2000s. <laughs> the mystery car that follows Ted in the middle-ish part of the movie mm-hmm. in 1975 is actually a 1980 Chrysler LeBaron. And I gotta tell you, whenever I hear Chrysler LeBaron, I always think of Cake's long skirt. <laughs> yeah. The short, short skirt, skirt, long jacket. Long jacket. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So, the real judge... The real judge, Edward Coart, was a heavy-set man who had no beard, a full head of hair, and a thick southern accent. John Malkovich is bald, bearded, thin, and played him with no accent. Mm. Hey, I will I will go back to short skirt, long jacket. I was actually that for Halloween one year. I love that. I, I had red lipstick. Hair. I had a um a you sword have to cut through that, red tape. Did you have eyes that shone like a diamond, Morgan? <laughs> yeah. And I had a short <laughs> skirt with a long jacket. <laughs> and I had a name name tag on that said hi, my name is, and Kitty was marked out and replaced with Karen. <laughs> oh, she's changing, so. Morgan I love you <laughs> <laughs> Only one person got it So that was nice That person was the coolest person at the party that day Next to you They were yeah. Yeah. Travis <laughs> <laughs> uh, The movie starts off in 1969 And Ted Bundy is supposed to be driving A 1968 VW Standard Beetle <clears throat> However, the VW that Bundy drives in the movie is a 1973 or later Super Beetle. So, yeah. You can tell that due to the curved windshield and wide trunk hood, which only came on those models. I would have never known. Mm, That's me too. I'm like, okay, I don't know. (laughs) Movie magic. (laughs) It's curvier. Mm. I I will say that the uh, soundtrack, is there any like... I don't want to interrupt your fun facts, but is there anything on the soundtrack? I gave you my one fun fact about the soundtrack, and that's this the Metallica scene. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> the uh, soundtrack actually, it goes on with the years, which oh, I thought was true. pretty that's neat. True. Mm-hmm. They're all accurate time-wise. And it they start from 68, which, uh, like the opening scene, um, Crimson mm-hmm. and Clover, that's actually yeah. from 68. But it was big in 69 and have no idea if they actually danced to that. Uh, they didn't dance. So, yeah, I don't know. That's a great one. Yeah. So, so they, it actually goes forward in time with the movie. So like, the film fails to address Bundy's rampant alcohol consumption before most of his crimes. Other than him drinking, like, what, at the bar with the Chi Omega girls or whatever, like, he doesn't really drink a whole lot there's like a scene with him and liz where they are having some drinks and playing around and wrestling or whatever you know but it's like yeah he's not like compulsively drinking yeah right like he was getting blackout drunk before he did these crimes oh yeah 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 for sure i mean i don't know would you i guess i would have to i mean i don't want to murder anybody Dahmer did the same thing he would get blackout drunk yes we have a two-parter on Dahmer. if you haven't listened to it guys go back (laughs) (laughs) All right, and now we're going to take a break, and then Morgan will tell us all the things that the movie got wrong about Ted Bundy. Oh, Jesus. 
<laughs> Hi, and we're back. Morgan, tell us about Teddy. Oh my god. I don't know why I called him that, but it seems fun. <laughs> oh, there's a you know, I anybody could write several books and many people have. He is the some oh, I can't remember who said it. But they said he is the face of heartless evil. Mm -hmm. It was one of the last defense lawyers he had. And I think mm -hmm. that's completely true. And I will say that the movie did get it right by, y'all were saying they make him look too good. But yeah. in reality, he did resemble that perfect American mm -hmm. boy and people yeah. that like were acquainted with him and some people who you know dated him thought the world of him he was I a think, fucking monster well yeah I oh, think yeah. my main point is that they just don't show the other side of him at all in the movie yeah really. yeah I definitely yeah. agree and that kind of pissed me off but um exactly. I will say that the Elizabeth you know lives in the movie she goes by many pseudonyms and many different books but mm. most notably it's Elizabeth Kendall she has been called several other names in all of the books so I'm just gonna use Liz as her name mm. um but she actually was was part of the writing in yeah. this movie because initially um, they didn't when they first started preliminary you know shots and stuff she wasn't involved and she yeah. found out about it and was like um hell no yeah because in may 2017 she said she found out on the internet that there was a ted bundy movie being made and it was like told from the perspective of his girlfriend mm -hmm. but they had never fucking contacted her so she ended up contacting them and her lawyer and the filmmakers and she she referred them to her attorney and then she was invited to give some of her point of view and that's pretty much why she wrote the book it was to get her she didn't want to for so long because she said like she had put it behind her she tried to start a new life and get her daughter yeah. away from it they both converted they both got back into church and everything but they felt like they had to tell the story and mm -hmm. she says that it was well directed and well acted and she said we were left with the feeling that Zac Efron and Lily Co Collins got it right and she said even so during the filmmaking process we realized that with the dramatization of a true story things must be omitted condensed or combined to help the story fit within time constraints. Molly and I decided that it was essential that we tell our story in our own words as we experienced it, which is why we decided to issue the second edition of Phantom Prince. And if anybody's ever read Phantom Prince, I highly recommend the the newest release of it. Um because there's actually a contribution from Molly, the daughter, Molly Kendall. Mm -hmm. And it it shows another part of Ted Bundy that's not really well known. Yeah. Um, like she was molested by Ted Bundy. What? And, see, I yeah. never heard that. Show that at all. I don't know, but see, I didn't know that fact. I, I didn't know any of that. And I've seen so many documentaries and but coming from Molly herself, obviously there may be things that were left out and things that we still probably 
really don't know. Yeah. That's awful. And there's pictures in there of around the time when she was molested and Mm -hmm. like he is holding her very um, uncomfortably is how they put it. Yeah. Like probably inappropriately. Very inappropriate. Yeah. Like he's sitting, she's sitting on his lap and he has his hands between her legs. Yeah, no, that's not. I mean, you know, we, we, we know he killed a 12 year old. So yes. And that, there you and go. that 12 year old, um, his last victim, mm-hmm. she was actually the same age as Molly when she was killed. Yeah, that's fucked up. I can't, I can't, I can't roll like that. I mean, I get people romanticize serial killers and I find a lot of them very interesting, but that's where it stops. Like exactly. it's, yeah, it's, it's the, it's the psychology behind it. And like, why are they normal? But they're actually, you know, like their brains and everything. But yeah, that's, that really kind of makes me, I, I have to research that. <laughs> like, what yeah, the hell? The Phantom Prince, I got it at uh, my local library because they had okay. The Stranger Beside Me by Anne Rule, mm-hmm. which I is, that. I think that's the most accurate and always get mm-hmm. the newest edition because the the last edition she released before she died had uh-huh. corrections in the front, oh, okay. um, like to correct a whole bunch of facts that she thought were facts, but they're actually just like lore and legend. Um, mm-hmm. So I highly recommend getting The Stranger Beside Me, the newest edition. I can't remember what, I think it was 2010 I think was the last one. Okay. Um, but yeah, Anne Rule, um, 2009 was the final chapter copyright. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Anne Rule also worked right beside Ted Bundy and she was a Seattle police officer, like a veteran police officer. She mm-hmm. was writing crime books around this time and she was actually researching the these murders before she even knew that it was Ted Bundy. Yeah. And and they were working at a suicide hotline together. <laughs> like I know, right? It's like he <laughs> saved lives, but you took a whole you, lot of lives, but you saved them. So we're that's the irony. But yeah. you gotta think about this. <laughs> you bet I bet I think you can bet your bottom dollar that Ted uh-huh. enjoyed hearing the pain and suffering in the probably hotline people's voices. Yeah, like, there was you. there was gratification from that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I always wonder um one of his victims they thought she had committed suicide i can't uh, i'm trying to remember which one uh, i was one of the last ones in seattle before he left for uh oregon but mm-hmm. all of her friends knew she was depressed and I always wonder if she had called into that hotline and he stalked her because crazy i mean this is just speculation but yeah like he was very stalkerish like he would find a woman and get attached to her and then follow her watch her mm-hmm. through a window he would memorize people's comings and goings too yep. i mean he also like murdered on like just a whim but he also like stalked his victims too yeah. so yeah uh but yeah that that's just my take on i always wonder if she had possibly called the hotline because everybody when she was missing they're like oh she probably went and committed suicide because she was like really depressed um but she unfortunately met ted bundy instead um but yeah ted bundy like his early years i mean we could go on and on about like child abuse and all that but really if you look at him compared to any other killer he had a pretty good life Mm. i mean like he i'm not gonna say this like nature versus nurture like nurtures mainly it but Mm -hmm. I really think his nature was just fucking evil. Yeah. I mean, because there's really, like, yeah, he probably had a hatred towards his mother because she was born out of wedlock. Uh, She actually 
actually had him um, at a girl's home, like Mm -hmm. a home for unwed mothers back in the day. Mm -hmm. So he was raised to believe that it was his sister and then it was his mom. And then he thought his dad was his dad. It found out it wasn't. And there's also some suspicions that Bundy may have been fathered by his mom's dad. Yeah, I read that too. And and like I was mentioning before, like the grandfather was, you know, it was the grandparents who basically wanted to raise him as their own child. And then they had lots of allegations that the grandfather was physically and verbally abusive to the women in the household, so yes. to speak. So yes. again, your nature versus nurture. I get that. Just want to go too far into the psychology of it, but it's like, yeah, bad things happen. We all have bad childhoods, but it's kind of like I think it takes it into the like, was he born evil? Can people be born evil? Like, is that why he was not able to get through the fact that he did have a little shitty, you know, childhood? Yeah, he he was um. And he was brought up by his mom and his grandparents for the first Mm -hmm. part of his life. And then they moved um, to Washington in 1950. um, And that was away from her parents. So how old was he? 46. So he was only like four or five. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And so his grandma had a history of depression. His grandfather Mm -hmm. had a history of abuse and verbal abuse and everything. Um, But then Bundy's life was pretty middle class. Um, Mm -hmm. He was ashamed of his upbringing. He thought he was low class. Like he wanted to be on top. He wanted to, you know, work and become this big man or so he said. Uh, Yeah. he wanted to get past what his family was like. He wanted to be on top. He wanted to be in politics. Like he was, he was well liked by his classmates, but mm-hmm. he also had some really strange tendencies. Like there's one story where his mom woke up and he had knives all around her and he was laughing yep. and yep. He, apparently he's only like three. <laughs> Um, yeah. And he really liked detective magazines and crime novels and crime documentaries. So, I mean, but if you're here and listening to this, we, <laughs> we all do. <laughs> we, we all do, but we, we also are not going to commit murder. So I think it takes it back to the question of, was he born evil? Like, can people be, I, I feel like I have, to, like, that's so intriguing to me. I think that's I, why I like serial killer stuff so much. Yes. I think you can be born with a depletion of the chemicals mm-hmm. needed to have empathy. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then later in life, you can have brain damage, like frontal lobe damage. A lot of, mm-hmm. you know, serial killers so are linked to having yes. head injuries. <laughs> yes. A dramatic amount of them. Yep. And Night Stalker. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, Bundy was a huge athlete and he really liked downhill skiing. And mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know about his, you know, his skill or anything on the slopes, but I know multiple people who've had brain injuries from downhill skiing and downhill biking and stuff. And yeah. they ended up with like Hell, seizure disorders. That's how Sonny Bono died. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe he had a head injury too. But around the time he was a teenager, he got into stalking and peeping into women's windows. Um, mm. He was actually caught a couple of times and arrested for burglary and auto theft. But then when he reached 18... All that just disappeared. So none of it, all these burglary and peeping Tom charges and stealing stuff. He was a huge kleptomaniac. Oh, um, yeah. His whole life. Yeah. Like, he would steal magazines when he was a kid. And then when he got older, he started stealing equipment to go skiing because he really loved skiing. And he would take these tickets and, like, forge them so uh-huh. it looked like the same day for his his lift ticket like he'd see the people with their ticket and then like make one to look like it so he would actually not pay to go skiing he would just forge them so i mean and this is when he was like 15 16 17 yeah. Um, so he had a little bit of a criminal history, but then around 1965, he decided to go to college. Um, he was at the University of Puget Sound um, in Seattle, and he majored in Chinese. Uh, he thought since he wanted to be in the business world and in the politics world that mm-hmm. he should learn Chinese because that was going to be the international language at some point. Like, okay, he was convinced that Chinese would be widely spoken. And he never graduated for the Chinese. He majored in it, but just didn't graduate. And around this time was when he got into the Republican National Convention. And he also worked on campaign for this lieutenant governor of Washington. He also worked at the Seattle office for Nelson Rockefeller's presidential campaign. Mm -hmm. So he was making money doing this on the side. He would cold call people too and like try to Mm -hmm. get them to like convince them to become Republican. And around this time he, he thought I'm going to be this big shot, you know, and then he wasn't doing very well in school. He was pretty mediocre. Mm -hmm. Um, And around this time too is when he broke up with his girlfriend. She has many names. Was it Diana? Diane something? So there there was, I think it's the same person, but there's Stephanie. Okay. It, I think Stephanie is the main, main person. Because <laughs> there's, yeah. there's, it's so confusing because they all have pseudonyms, which is understandable. But yes. then other authors didn't want to name them and they all didn't get on the same page. Yeah. Right. Because Liz has six different names and different autobiographies Ex- or biographies. Yeah, for sure. But he also just, he dated a lot of women. Yes. <laughs> like a lot. Yeah. And I, I think they called her Meg. No, Meg is Liz. That's where it's confusing. Cause so we're yeah, that about is, that the is original, his first love that had the long brown hair that yes, he later went yes. on to kill all the victims. Yes. yes. So yeah. it was the one with the long brown hair that he had dated from, I think, 64. To like 1968, he was like trying to appear more put together than he was, and she was sick of it. And she was like, Okay, well, you're not going anywhere, and I don't think this is working. And she ended up breaking up with him, mm-hmm. I think around 68 or 69. And that's when he met 
Liz or Elizabeth, uh, she goes by Elizabeth Kendall in her book, um, but you may know her as Meg Anders, Beth Archer, uh, Elizabeth Klopfer, which is her maiden name. She was divorced and had a child, and they dated from 1969 to around 1976. And I will say that this book is like this relationship was one of the worst toxic relationships ever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm, and yeah. I know, like, I don't know if everybody, I don't want to speak for everybody, but we, I think most of us have that one toxic relationship yes. mm-hmm. that, you know, haunts our past a little bit. Mm-hmm. maybe I'm okay I'm glad you're in agreement yeah we, so, we do <laughs> so unfortunately like I feel like hers was with a serial killer you know like it definitely yeah. was but yeah. at the same time she was in this toxic whirlwind for so long and like I think the movie got it right there how stupid she was I'm so sorry yeah. I feel bad for saying that but the whole time mm. in this book I'm like dude what the fuck? But she was drunk, like, their entire relationship. Basically, yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's, she's just, like, making bad choices because of that. But some people just don't want to get out of the situation. And I and I agree with you. I thought she was pretty fucking stupid, actually. I was like, uh, like, you have a child. That's my yeah, thing. Yeah. You have a child. So, like, and if don't do it. No. Yeah, and in, in the beginning of the movie, when it opens up, and she meets him in the bar. That all happened. So her friends had um, said, you need to get out of this. You've, you know, you moved to Seattle because she had a bad breakup. I didn't move to Seattle from Salt Lake City. So she's like, okay, I'm going to like, you know, just work and raise my child. And she was like stressed out. And mm-hmm. her friends were all like, hey, we're going to pay for a babysitter. And we're all going to go out and get wasted. Well, yeah. they took her fucking car. <laughs> And it was the 70s, I guess, but they were, like, shit-faced, like, blackout. She had been flirting with um, Ted, like, the whole... I almost called him Todd. (laughs) He is a fucking Todd. (laughs) (laughs) So they they ended up hitting it off at the bar, but she was also, like, dancing with other guys and, you know, having more beer. And she... She ended up, like, dancing with him and a whole bunch of other people. And then he's like, okay, let's... She said she was going to leave. And then she realized she was too drunk to uh, to drive. Mm-hmm. So she let him drive her car to the babysitter's house to pick up her daughter. Uh-uh. 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 Yeah. And so whenever she got there... Ted, a complete stranger, picked up her child Molly and carried her to the car. And then she drove. Mistakes were made. Trying not to yeah. vomit the whole time. Yeah. Christ. And and then she she said, I was so sick, all I could do was take off my shoes and fall into bed. I remember Ted still dressed, lying down next to me, then the room turning wildly. I hung one leg over the edge of the bed and put my foot on the floor to make it stop spinning. Then I sent, I slept restlessly. I knew Ted was up walking around the apartment most of the night, which is fucking creepy. Uh, and she said, I once, <laughs> once I opened my eyes and saw him standing next to my dresser, looking at my bottles of perfume and things. 
And like she she eventually gets up at 7 a.m. and he's like made coffee. He is he, he took care of Molly while she was asleep. And oh it, he ended up making I her mean, eggs and toast. But okay, yeah. so all of this is creepy because it's Ted Bundy, but it'd be yes. kind of sweet if it was a normal guy doing this. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's true, but... I mean, I have to say, I've definitely, (laughs) like, in early stages of seeing someone, like, you know, wandered around the room a little bit when they were asleep. Yeah, but not with your child. Not with your two-year-old. Well, no, I don't have kids. (laughs) (laughs) Your cats. (laughs) Hanging out with your kids. Yeah, my little old lady, Lucy, and my little little baby man, Jonesy. Yeah. (laughs) Cats are all I need. (laughs) (laughs) So there there were a lot of weird things that um, had like, hey, red flag, you know, that he had said or like how he had conducted himself or like lying or stealing. She just like brushed those off. But Mm -hmm. um, I will say that his killings started picking up around the time they started dating. Mm -hmm. And... Like, she feels um, like he was killing to kill some part of her. I don't know if you can say that. I think that's kind of, you know, internalizing it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But, like, he did pick up his killings whenever they would have a fight. Yeah. So that is kind of linked. Some nights when she was out with her parents for dinner with him, he would like immediately say, okay, I have to leave. I have a big test or whatever. And then he'd go out and rape and murder somebody. And like he did this several times where he would act all normal and had just left from brutally murdering two women. Well, it's like Big TK. He had a totally normal life, Mm -hmm. you know? He would kill someone on a Saturday night and then be a deacon at church that following Sunday morning. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they both both had that mask um, Mm -hmm. to mask their evil, for sure. Ted seemed like a well-rounded, educated guy, but, I mean, he really wasn't. He was pretty Mm -hmm. mediocre. His LSAT scores to get him into law school, he had to apply to, like, seven, and he got accepted to only one, and that was University of Utah. Yeah. He did get accepted in one other school, but he said it was, like, a fake college, so he didn't like it but it i mean it was a real college but it wasn't up to his standards mm. like this motherfucker had the highest fucking standards and he, ugh, i hate him i hate him i hate <laughs> so much so a lot of experts say that maybe he attempted his first kidnapping in New Jersey. Some people say his first killing was in 1971, but then he also said he had killed people in Atlantic City. And I mean, if if you go to receipts and timelines, he was in the place where he said it happened, but a lot of them were discredited. So who fucking knows? He may have been killing as early as 68, but I mean, really, we don't we don't have all. Ted never told the entire truth. No, to and anyone. we don't know how many people he actually killed. What was it about 35, 30 ish? More than 30 that I think that they because they put the end credits and they have, you know, as a memorial, they have all the names of the women who he, I guess, admitted to killing. But then they're like, no, we think he's killed probably three times more than this. And yeah. 
possibly he if if he started before they think he started and then what about all the people that they just didn't find all the missing right so yeah and there were some crimes that he was linked to that he was found to not be the killer because they like 2008 i think one of Mm -hmm. the murders he was suspected it ended up not being him they got dna from somebody who was already dead but if he was alive he would have been like see i was innocent exactly that one thing because he would have been like see exactly exactly oh my god he killed more than 30 something women i don't care i know we'll never really know maybe one day we'll find something out because you know how shit be popping up later on but i'm like no he killed a lot more i'm gonna say like at least double that i just feel like he killed way more women some people think in the hundreds (laughs) i mean it wouldn't it would not surprise me Yeah, yeah like I mean, he was so calculated with the first one anyway, or the first recorded one that they think he did. And I mean, he's so cold and calculated. And I, I think if I really think if Liz hadn't have told him that she had a kid. Yeah, I think he probably would have murdered her. I feel like, yeah, I feel like he would have to, and it does make you wonder, besides the habit, her having the child, but it's kind of like, well, I mean, he still could have killed her, right? But for some reason, he didn't, and he also didn't kill Carol. So, I don't know, it's just kind of crazy. And so, the whole time uh, with these murders going on, like Anna said, he was drinking heavily, Mm-hmm. He was seeing Liz and he was seeing Carol and another woman named Kim. Mm-hmm. He was just going around town <laughs> with many, many different women. Oh, yeah. And they all had suspicions or like all found like notes or mm-hmm. uh, found him talking with someone or he would have like tickets to a movie or something and like, they all knew that they were being cheated but they just didn't give a shit. No, because they had this obsession with him, and each one of them was so obsessed with him that I don't think they could have seen it. Even if it was thrown in their face, they still would have been like, oh, we love him. <laughs> um, y'all ain't seen his teeth? Yeah. That was my thing. <laughs> like, I ain't trying to be mean, but come on now. I mean, he wasn't, like I said, he wasn't, like, super unfortunate looking. I mean, he wasn't great looking. A lot of people tend to be uh, really caught up on the fact that they were like, oh, he's so handsome. And I'm like, eh, I mean, yeah. not really. You know what a big turnoff for me was look-wise? Yeah. He's got that fucking unibrow. Yeah. Oh, his, my God. And yes. his, eyes, his <laughs> eyes are really close together. That's his true. eyes are beady like a rat. Yeah. That's because he is one. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he he was just a piece of shit. And, like, yeah, I mean, he really his was. crimes, it was, mm-hmm. it's insane, like, all of these crimes, too, um, happening in Seattle were mm-hmm. only a few blocks from each apartment where Liz lived. It's so fucking crazy, man. It's just, I don't even know. It's like hard to wrap your head around it when you're a rational person and you're just like, but he didn't even care because at, at one point he's taking these women in the middle of the day. Like He doesn't even care. Yeah, yeah it started out like, well, we <laughs> think it started out like at night that yeah. he was luring them away. And then it happened in broad daylight at a fucking yeah. park with hundreds yes. of people hundreds. there. He killed two, not yes. one, but two. And then yep. after that, he met up with Liz and ate 
two massive hamburgers with her because he the, said he was starving. I bet he works he was. at the map inside killing people, you know? It burns <sighs> a lot of calories. Yeah, I don't know. He He's def- it, It's just, you can't even, like, find enough information to explain him. <laughs> like, it's mm-hmm. so bizarre. Yeah, and it's, it's fucking terrible because a lot of the women that came in contact with him, mm-hmm. they died. But there were many more that yeah. were scarred by him, had brain damage from him. Like, there's many yep. survivors. Yep. And there's there's also a lot of survivors who have come out later saying, I remember this night, I remember a man walking with an arm in a sling and saying he needed yeah. help. And I said, like, one girl said she was going over a boyfriend's house and this guy kept dropping books over and over. I was like, I need mm-hmm. help to pick up this book, please. And yeah. she was like, okay, well, I'll carry them, but I'm going to my boyfriend's house. But if you wait for like an hour, hour and a half, then I'll come out and walk with you. And she came out like two hours later and he was gone. And that was the the night that George Ann Hawkins disappeared from mm-hmm. her boyfriend's dorm outside yeah. her sorority house. And it was 30 minutes after she had gone into that house, which she mm-hmm. was like right next door. So like she could have been that person and a lot yeah. of these women are coming forward because, I don't know, as you get older, you start remembering things a little bit differently, but you also have a lot more insight, especially when all this yeah. information's out. So yeah. a lot of people are like, holy shit, I was Debbie there. Harry claims before she was famous that she almost got in the car with Ted Bundy. That's really? crazy. What? Yeah. yeah, I read an interview where she said that. Oh, hold on. I think that's this is crazy. in The Stranger Beside Me. I think that's in the, the new, um, new book. What? But yeah, like I could go on and on about, you know, how many people he killed and who he may have killed and how he did it. But there's so much information out there. Um, There But but I will say that, yes, he had raging sex with Carolyn in. Yes. Uh, it was yeah. actually, it wasn't in the, what is it? The visitor's room. It was yeah. actually in a private room because in the jail he was in, a lot of the uh, inmates would put together a pool of their money for um, commissary. Mm-hmm. And then whoever won would win to bribe a guard so they could have sex. Oh, and okay. he actually won the pool one time. Mm-hmm. And that's how Carolyn's daughter was born. Well, yes. <laughs> Hey, one shot, <laughs> one, one shot. fucking shot. He better be glad he won that time, I guess. I want to know more about his daughter, but I did do some research. And I ju- it's really, I mean, I don't know if you guys have found anything, but like I couldn't really find anything on his daughter. So because she's trying to hide and have some I mean, anonymity and I can't blame her. Yeah. I mean I can't I cannot blame her either. One hundred percent I'm totally fine with never knowing. I was just curious because I was like, well, you know, you that was your dad. Like holy I would not I would want anybody to know. Change my name <laughs> and never tell a soul. Honestly. Yeah, and she did that. So she's still alive is I don't want to say her name or anything. Yeah. Um, any, you can find it if you want to, but um, yeah. she is alive and she has definitely dropped off the radar and she has kids mm-hmm. now and mm-hmm. wants nothing to do with him at all. Like, well, I, I, absolutely. I just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wouldn't either because that's so traumatic and the people would treat you so differently, regardless of the fact that like when, 
I mean, she didn't know. You know what I mean? It's like she was little. Like, she wouldn't have known. But it doesn't matter because she would be chastised for the rest Man, of her life. These so. DNA yeah. tests are getting so much more advanced, though. <clears throat> her her kids are going to, like, take a 23andMe in the future. Oh, God. And oh, discover God. that they're Ted Bundy's grandkid. <laughs> Fuck that. She's going to be like, I, uh, <laughs> she's gonna skew she's gonna skew the results and she's gonna be like look I, we gotta do this one time so we need to change these results because we don't need the kids finding out who their grandfather was I don't like, care that, that they're in their 30s now they don't yeah need, it doesn't so. matter like I, I wouldn't want to I mean if that were me and I was the mother and my children and all that had happened I don't think I could tell them that because of the brutality of his crimes and that he raped and he had sex with these women after they were they passed away and that he killed a child like that's where yeah. I'm like no nope. molested one child yes. that was literally almost his daughter and <sighs> I, I mean he even ugh, it's terrible but I my fiance Andrews his mom went to FSU and she was mm -hmm. a nursing student at the time that Ted Bundy was at FSU that's um, crazy yeah and I we were watching the movie when it came out um yeah and i was like holy shit i was like what year is this and so i was like wait your mom was there wasn't she yeah. and he was like no way i'm like yeah she graduated in like 1980 or something i said she had to have been there yeah and yeah. so i messaged her and i recently messaged her again about it yeah. um because she was living right behind the chi omega sorority house that's Shut so up. fucking crazy. <laughs> like, so oh, that night, God. that night in the early hours of January 15th, 1978, she was awake studying for a nursing exam with three other nursing students. Mm -hmm. um, and they had a dog in the apartment that they shared. And yeah. they could hear all the dogs going crazy outside. Mm -hmm. And she said their dogs started barking like nuts at the door. And they're like, oh, that's weird. And that was around the time when he broke into the Chi Omega yeah. house. Um, and she she swears that he was running through the alley because a lot uh -huh. of people said they heard people like heard a guy running or like heavy yeah. breathing. Um, and she was awake at that time and luckily they had a dog because there's some reports where he avoided houses that had dogs like dogs yeah. fucking hated Bundy like that movie yes like, they that did. really <laughs> it wasn't them trying to go adopt a dog it was actually one of Liz's friend's dog that hated Bundy and wanted to attack yeah. him Yep. Um, and it was like the sweetest dog in the world. So they're all like, oh, that's weird. Uh, like so many it, fucking signs. <laughs> it's but, because animals can sense evil. And yes. that dog fucking knew. <laughs> and, and that dog that was in the apartment with uh, Andrew's mom saved their fucking lives. That's so crazy. That's so scary. I was say, Morgan, <laughs> you were this close to not having a fiance. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Like. And the fucked up thing is that um, the girls who died were nursing students. Yeah. Um, two, I think two of them, or one of them and then the other one that survived, I think, um, were nursing students. And she didn't know them directly, but yeah. she knew other nursing students that were at the hospital that treated them that night that came in. They were on their 
like their rounds in the ER. Yeah. Um, and they actually had to treat them after leaving, um, in the early, oh. like in that morning. So, so she's really fucking lucky. And she said that she remembers around that time they had a deadbolt cause they hadn't found him yet. This happened January 15th. He wasn't mm-hmm. found until I think February 12th. Yeah. Um, but they didn't even know who he was. Um, yeah. he had used a fake name, but so that was a whole month of people like women at F- FSU being like, he's going to break in. He's going to fucking murder us. And they didn't know who it was. Um, and everybody was scared to go out alone. And she said they had a deadbolt, but it was a really shitty deadbolt. So oh, they were trying to call different locksmiths to come install a better um, yeah. uh, lock and key. And she said it was impossible because they're all busy, like, redoing everybody's locks. Oh, my God. Well, at least she had the dogs because, for me, that's like a <clears throat> that's like a warning, you know, system. Like, hey, yeah. he's not going to, you know, the, the dogs probably did save her life because that would be a distraction. And what was he going to do? I mean, those dogs would have probably attacked him. So that's so crazy. Like, yeah, you're, she, that's nuts. It's very, <laughs> it's like... What is it? Ten degrees of separation or something? Three degrees. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, she said. Um, fortunately, her and her friends were too busy in nursing school to even go yeah. out and party. Yeah. That they didn't really worry about going out. But when they did go outside, they all had a buddy system with multiple people going out. Yeah. Um, and she said she knew a lot of people who weren't nursing students drop out and leave a lot of women. I mean, I kind of wouldn't blame them. I'd be so scared. I wouldn't want to be in that vicinity at all. Yeah, no, well, that it's would just be like, terrifying. Uh, it's just like during the Danny Rawling killings, all the people, a bunch of people dropped out also mm-hmm. in Florida. It's fucking Florida. I told you guys. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Florida. Yeah. Like it, it's just so crazy that like, you could have been so close to death and like yeah. she, she, she didn't even remember it until I like asked her. She's like, Oh my God, I was there. <laughs> like, oh God. Oh uh, well, yeah. She, she like blocked it out. <laughs> Shit. I would too. Yeah. So like around that time, um, he, when he broke into that house, he was like going on these like crazy sprees. Like he completely lost it. Um, he killed, he bludgeoned Margaret Bowman and then he entered the bedroom of Lisa Levy and he sexually assaulted her. And then Kathy Kleiner, he broke her jaw, stabbed her shoulder. And then Karen Chandler, uh, he broke her jaw and knocked out all of her bottom teeth and crushed a finger. And only Chandler and Kleiner uh survived the attack but they were all deeply injured like for life oh yeah Um, i think it's chandler i read an interview with her that just like made me love her like she goes into a bookstore with her husband makes a beeline to the true crime section pulls out one on ted bundy scans it until she finds her name and then she goes now you go find a book in the library or in the bookstore and find a book with your name. Your name. 
Oh, that's great. That I mean, a lot of people, you know, were left with like huge scars, and I don't blame yeah. them for you know like wanting to get away. But it takes a really strong person to make a joke out of that. Oh yeah, for sure. Takes a really fucking strong person. Yeah, she's she's got a good sense of humor about it. She said she basically just decided to try to figure him out. So she's read like every book on him. Yeah. Yeah, and like eight blocks away, he broke into an another apartment after the sorority house and attacked another student, Cheryl Thomas. He dislocated her shoulder, uh, fractured her jaw, and then he hit her with a, like a, I can't remember, a club or something, Mm -hmm. and actually fractured her skull in five fucking places. He left her with like severe nerve damage, equilibrium Mm -hmm. damage. She's permanently deaf. And she was a dancing student and was never able to dance again. Fuck that. Yeah, but they, but in Thomas's bed is when they found an actual DNA sample mm-hmm. that had hairs and semen. So that, that, I mean, they, I don't think they found any DNA at the Chi Omega house. Yeah. I, I don't recall hearing about that, but yeah, the, the way that Bowman and, levy died were it's just fucking terrible i'm not gonna go into the details but yeah like they 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 do go into it on the movie but it Mm -hmm. doesn't do it much justice on how how fucking brutal it was they go into it far deeper into other documentaries and things like that and it is really horrible it's like i can't even fathom it i can't even understand yeah it's it's just crazy that he he did that in less than 15 fucking minutes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it was a frenzy. Just yeah. a fucking crazy frenzy just for no reason. Nope. It, well, you know, it's, it's, it's what always happens towards the end right before a serial killer gets caught. They just get cocky and they go nuts and they get sloppy. Yep. yep. Yeah. And like when he escaped the first time. Uh, yeah, it was the first. No, the second time. When he escaped the second time. He made it all the way to, like, Michigan. And he had several social security cards and licenses. Mm -hmm. Uh, He had, like, different alibis and everything. So he was a completely different person. And he left with, like, I don't know, $350 and thought that was enough to, like, get him around. And (laughs) he's an alcoholic. (laughs) He went to a fucking bar and started buying shots and shit on New Year's. And then he got all the way to Florida. I mean, he could have just, you know, quit killing, but he couldn't. It was too mm-hmm. ingrained into his DNA and his fucking oh, brain yeah. to, like, yeah. to give it up. And he yeah. was actually on the FBI's 10 most wanted uh, mm-hmm. list. And when they caught him in Pensacola, I think it was Pensacola, they didn't even know who he was. Yeah, I know. He gave him a fake name. Yeah. They didn't even connect it. How many... I can't remember how many <sighs> how many days it was that they had him. They also said they collide. didn't have any, like, they didn't actually, for some reason, in Florida, again, Florida, you guys. So, <laughs> apparently, they didn't even, there was no type of, how would you say it? Like, they didn't know that he, he was, like, a bad guy or whatever. So, you would think that they have him on the 10 most wanted list, all this kind of bullshit. But it's like, Florida was just like, oh, we don't know who, what? What's happening? We're in Florida. Yeah, he just stole know. a car and that's it. <laughs> like, yeah. exactly. It's like they were so out of the know. And you think that even if he went to another state, 
these police officers and all this kind of stuff, they'd be like, oh my God, like we know who that is. We've got to get him. Nah, Florida was like, no, nah, y'all can go lay out in the sun. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> they had no That's idea who it was. And no. I will say the movie, they show that Liz uh, called the police. Mm-hmm. And and that is true. Um, mm-hmm. After the first sketch was released, her friend was like, who does this look like? And she was like, I don't know. And he was like, come on, it looks like Ted. Look at it. Yeah. And she yeah. was like, eh. But then she found another picture and was freaked out because the mm-hmm. other picture looked way more like Ted. Yeah. And it took her like two months or three months like battling over the idea of calling. And then when she called, they kept asking for her name and she wanted to stay anonymous. So she hung up. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. she actually called like three different times. Her and her friends, uh, like multiple people had called. And they all said, well, we checked him out and he's clean. Like multiple times. It's crazy. And he would have been found a lot sooner mm-hmm. if Liz also would have cooperated. Because she went once they like broke up and then got back together. She was mm-hmm. like, no, no, I'm an idiot. I'm an alcoholic and he's really good to me. And yeah. how can I think these things? And so she quit cooperating with the police. And yeah. then she started finding like receipts and stuff that matched up to areas of where women were murdered then she Mm -hmm. found the fake cast and he was like oh well you never know when you're gonna break a leg and okay she found a fake cast she found she found so much stuff but yeah just quit working with the police the level of denial of all these women that came into his life and i don't know i don't i don't get it i don't get it because like i said I mean, ain't nobody going to be manipulating me like that. First of all, I don't trust half of the people. I don't trust anybody hardly. And so I'm like, and I psychoanalyze everyone that I meet. And (laughs) I'm just so, I'm very aware of my surroundings. So, and it's like, I have a teenage daughter uh, who's almost 19. And so I'm like, look, she, she has to go to work at, at night. And I'm like, pay attention to your surroundings. Don't get on your cell phone. You have to be proactive because people are fucking crazy yeah and you know she's young and a little bit naive about things like i think she's like oh nothing could happen to me and i'm like yeah it could because if you make yourself vulnerable there you go i think my mom made me terrified of strangers when i was little because <laughs> <laughs> i mean when i was a kid i almost got kidnapped um oh god I was at a uh, a Morrison's deli. They don't even have those anymore. But girl, I know what it was. My mama used to work there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so oh I was God. at a Morrison's. Yes, and, Morrison's. and there was a waitress that was there. That I mean, we'd go all the time when I was little because it was uh-huh. attached to the mall. Yeah. So whenever we'd go to the mall, we'd see this waitress all the time, and she would play like you know like talk with me and stuff i was an Uh infant when we first got started going and then i was probably like two yeah when this happened and she was my mom was like talking to someone who came up to the table and the waitress was talking with me and her friend says where is she taking your daughter and she turned around and the woman was running me running with me outside holy shit my mom chased her down and like people stopped her, but she was about to get into her car and drive away with me. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't remember it, but also well, my that's, mom. That's good. 
<laughs> my mom had collected all of those. Uh, it, it was like this the crime magazines from mm-hmm. the mid seventies to late seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually the ones that Ted Bundy used to read. <laughs> Um, (laughs) she kept all of those and would read those to me and we would always stop if we saw uh like a big garbage bag on the side of the highway so we'd stop and make sure it wasn't a body (laughs) and she'd be like see you don't want to end up dead in a ditch and i was always just terrified and she would always tell me like (laughs) if someone tries to kidnap you or rape you or something just pee on yourself or poop (laughs) like Hey, you know what? I mean, but it sounds like it sounds like you had a great mom. Like yeah. your mom's fantastic because I mean, yeah, the tactic might be a little crazy, but it's like I feel like that's how I parent. And so yeah. I'd be like, you will get murdered like if this is what you do and you scream and you bite and you act crazy, yeah. get DNA under your nails and she's that's- just like what <laughs> that's like how my mom raised me. Yes, yes. that's how I am with her. Yeah. She would always say, don't be scared to um, be rude to a stranger. And I think that's very important. Yep. Yep. And I Uh, teach my boys the same thing. So uh, I actually was kidnapped. Um, Oh, yeah, you were. um, But uh, by a family member. Okay. And I was fine. But I did cross state lines. So it was... Uh, if my mom didn't have full trust that I would be fine, um, she could have sent an FBI manhunt. <laughs> yes, yeah, seriously. Very, very true. Um, but it wasn't that big of a deal, you know. <laughs> I'm glad well, you're, you're, you're here and alive. Yeah, you're here yeah. and safe, so it's okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was fine. I was just going on a trip to my grandma's house, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> it, was not, it was not my grandma who kidnapped me, by the way. Okay. Yeah, I had a distant cousin that was kidnapped by her mom and uh, from Mississippi, and she moved all the way to New York, and she was missing for four years or five years. Jesus Christ. Yeah, and and then they brought her back, and she was like, no, she wasn't the same. She's definitely not the same. No, I I would think not. They were living in a van and eating crackers, and I just remember my mom being like, what if you lived in a van and ate crackers? And yeah, like, your mom. Peace. Your mom sounds like my best friend. <laughs> yes, your mom sounds like exactly who I'd be best friends with because that's exactly how I am. <laughs> yeah, she was like, "So give her your fucking Barbie." <laughs> yep, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think, um, really, today's lesson is to say, you know. Hoes before bros, I guess. Uh, like, trust your female friends. Sorry, I don't want to. That's bad. I should have said um, that. But... I well, think takeaway here, yeah, chicks before is, dicks. Yeah, is that uh, strangers are bad, okay? And uh, if someone needs help, and uh, be like, mm. I'll get the cops to help you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll get someone else to help you, but I'm not going to do it. Yeah, like, you know, the the feigning um, being hurt. Ooh, mm-hmm. that's that's hard for me. Like, yeah. if I see someone struggling, I'm going to be like, do you need help? Even when, like, old people or whatever, I'm yeah. like, hey, do you want me to take your... I mean, it depends what it bags. is. Like, 
I open doors for people all the time. Yeah. Like, even if they don't have their hands full or anything, it's just, like, the Southern deeply ingrained in it. It is. Fucking Southern but, hospitality. Right? And some of the New Yorkers look at me like I'm crazy, and then other ones were like, aren't you polite? <laughs> <laughs> like, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I am. I'm from fucking Mississippi. It's, like, <laughs> it is in my DNA. Yep. But, um... I don't know where I was going with it. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I wouldn't, like, help some dude in a cast take books to his car. No. Like, especially yeah. a shitty cast like that. Like, first of all, that would look like yeah. some underwear that he put on his arm. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that wasn't actually, even real. He had a, um, it was a cast that someone had made in, like, a medical class or something. Uh-huh. But it was very shittily made, too. But he had that, and he would keep it. And apparently, yeah. I don't know if he actually used it to stun the victims, but they think that they he used it to the t- with the two girls that were helping him load the boat onto yeah. his car, like yeah. Shamish or Shamish, something like Samamish. that. <laughs> they I can't say Samamish. It's Samamish. Hey, question. What? Yeah. Have either of you seen um, The Vanishing? Yes. I Doesn't this make think you think so. of The Vanishing? Of the, like, Shamamish? No. Or the cast. The... The, the faking being injured to get someone to help you to their car. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I was not thinking. Uh, I was thinking of something else. There's two versions of The Vanishing. There's the yeah. American remake with Kiefer Sutherland and Sandra Bullock. And that is not the one you want to watch. Bad filmmaker. Bad. I was thinking of the show, but there's yeah. not a show The Vanishing. I, I, I was looking it up on IMDb. So yeah, you have Jeff, Bri- Jeff Bridges, Kiefer Sutherland for a 1993 and then you have the 1988 one the 88 one that is a belgian french co-production yes, i'm not even going to pronounce well, the names <laughs> so, yeah. don't watch that one no that is the one you want to watch the That's original the one. 1988 one yeah uh, i have it on it's... a beautiful criterion collection dvd yep. it, it looks more <laughs> creepy it's going to be more creepy because of just the aesthetics of it and everything versus the 93 one with fucking lost boys in it so you know <laughs> Exactly. Which, exactly. I do like I do like Kiefer Sutherland, so that's kind of rude because I do have him tattooed on me. But <laughs> I like is it boys. in the Lost? Is it in the Lost Boys regalia that you have him on you? Yeah, I have him. Okay, so he's on my uh, back of my arm, uh, my left arm, because that's my horror sleeve, and I was gonna finish it, but then nice. you know, got, fucking got pregnant. But it okay. says it says Ooh, David, like from Shit's Creek, Ooh, David, and you know his yeah. name is David in Lost Boys. So. <laughs> We made it funny. We made it funny. My tattoo artist is, she's amazing. Oh, that's And great. so, that's yeah, we made it funny. So it's not like all scary looking. Ew, David. Like yeah, that's exactly. Like, that's like my like Cthulhu tattoo is dressed like Mr. Peanut instead of a creepy Cthulhu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and my, my manatee is holding a balloon. It's not just eating grass. <laughs> Aren't you getting that covered up? One day. <laughs> one, yeah. one day. One day. It, <laughs> it, take, it, it takes time. I had a lot of bad tattoos that I had to get covered up. And it, they're a pain in the ass because you have to get them bigger. And you have to make sure that it's something you want so that you don't have to cover up that cover up. Yeah. Right. Yeah, mine uh, is just terribly made. It's okay. Uh, 
I have meticulously <laughs> thought out every tattoo that I have. I only have eight, and I, you know, will probably get a few more before I die, but they will be years in the making, probably. Yeah, I mean, me too. I'm kind of on a halt, obviously, but, like, I have a full sleeve and almost another full sleeve. My back of my legs are done. Front of one of my legs is done. Side, stomach, chest. So I kind of, I kind of yeah. have my whole stomach's done. So it's funny because the more pregnant I get, the doctor's oh, no. going to be like, what the fuck is that? I'm like, bitch, I'm decorated. Okay. I already came in here like a fucking pinata or something. I mean, oh, I know Your the dangers of bigger. what, I know the dangers of what that's like because <clears throat> my, my sister's two best friends both had mm-hmm. the, a trendy, you know, not, like the tattoos necessarily weren't trendy, but a trendy spot yeah. for a tattoo. They uh-huh. both had a tattoo on the side of their stomach, like right yeah. above their like panty line. Yeah. And Emily had a Mickey Mouse tattoo there and Heather oh, had a gosh. panther and they've both had three children, and those are not the same anymore. <laughs> well, this will be this will be my third, but like my entire stomach is done from like right above your panty line, almost all the way up to my belly button, from side to hip to hip. Some things are going to be deformed, aren't they? <laughs> I don't. I, I don't care. I'm still looking good. That's all I care about. I'm still. I'm I still mean, working it. Fuck, fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> so guys, are we are we done? Heather, would you like to plug would you like to plug your uh your podcast? Even um, though you're even though it's on yeah, It's okay. I guess I can just throw that in there that um, you know, I'm Heather, Wednesday Wine and Whore. I uh, do a horror podcast. Um, just talk shit. I used to drink lots of wine, talk shit about a movie, the one I chose. But yeah, I am um on a break because you know, when you do things with your partner, you get pregnant usually if you don't <laughs> prevent them. So now we're expecting a baby and um, I, we're super excited about it. I am excited about it, but um, I'm still open to podcasting in the future. I may bring my show back. I've got to, you know, kind of sit and think about it. But for now, I'm doing guest spots like you two lovely ladies have asked me to come on and I do some other stuff. So I'm still podcasting because I really enjoy it. I love talking to people. I love true crime and horror. So there you go. Perfect. You are the perfect guest. Well, we loved having you on. It's been a Thank blast. You. We've Thank you. Been, Thank you. We've been talking for hours now. I think yes. it has been like three hours. <laughs> it has been a You're while. You're just so rad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm easy to talk to. What can I say? I think it's because we all now have this weird connection because we're all from the south i mean i still fucking live here but still <laughs> you know and you yeah, still no, very it's, it's much okay. have your accent yeah it's not going I, away <laughs> see, i i will say this i and morgan can attest to this i've never uh-huh. really had one no despite... i would have not thought you were from the south at all because whenever you said that i was like no this bitch is she a liar she lying <laughs> but, uh, but would, actually both yeah. of you do not sound like you're from i mean i know mississippi but that's still the south no absolutely not well yes. morgan does have a little more of an accent than it's when I drink maybe. and i always drink so <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, like, there's like certain words that you say very yeah short, well a lot more southern than others oh yeah um yeah yeah, it comes out when I get around a lot of, you know, yeah. southern people. It'll sure. come out. Sure. 
Yeah. It just happened. Like, I, I caught oh, myself. I, know. I caught myself. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I caught myself saying y'all earlier. So I think you've brought out it out of me a yeah. little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like when when I went to visit Mississippi with Andrew, uh, it was our first time there, and it was our second night. And I was like riding around and showing him all the places I used to hang out when I was a cool teenager. <laughs> and we're riding down this back road where I used to, you know, smoke and go get shrooms and all the bad things. And we were uh, driving and I see a calf running down the road. And I'm like, oh, no, it's heading towards the highway. So I'm like, I'm going to get this calf. And he's like, Morgan, what the fuck are you doing? We're in a Subaru. And I was like, I whipped it around <laughs> this gravel road. I'm like, fuck you, calf. And like rolling down the window. I'm like, Andrew, get out. He's like, what am I supposed to do? I'm like, go chase the calf back to the fucking fence. And he was like, I don't know where you came from. I was like, the fence is down <laughs> right there. And then yeah. he runs the opposite way. And then I call one person. <laughs> And then we figure out who owns the cow. And he's like, only in Mississippi would you yeah. call one person and they know whose fucking calf it is. Oh, so yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> we ended definitely. up like pulling into some guy's house I've never met before. And he's like fucking wasted. He, it's a Saturday night and there's like oh, a like whole bunch Canton? of people. Yeah, it's in Canton. That's why. Canton's <laughs> not a big city. Yeah, and it's yeah. in the middle of nowhere. So yeah. so uh, I get out and um, I like go talk to him. And Andrew got out and was trying to listen. He was like, uh, this guy was like, I, I, my, my boss man just died. Like, I, was like, I guess I got to go get put that cab back in. And I, well, where was it? And then I was like telling him, <laughs> oh, it's right down the road on the left. And he was like, God dang, I guess they get to, to, get, to get that fist put back up. I got to go get my friends. We'll get a truck and go get that cab. And Andrew's like, what the fuck are y'all saying? Morgan, <laughs> Morgan, you never told me that you met Boomhauer. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. He had a really funny name. I wish I could remember it. It was yeah. definitely super country, and he was like in his sixties, and he had all these young women over there. Oh god, um, it was uh, hilarious. Andrew was oh, terrified. <laughs> I, you, Morgan, I am waiting for the day that I take Mark to Mississippi because it's going to be such a culture shock to this New York yes. boy. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it'd be great. Please, please do take him and please put it where we can all hear about it because that will be fantastic. <laughs> oh, there will be there will be pictures for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, that's going to be it for us today, folks. Uh, we'll have another episode out later this month. It's going to be on the hey, sacrament. Anna. And we're going to have a Anna, guest host. Yes. Anna, stop. Yes. You need to restart because okay. you cut out and then it was all staticky. Oh, Sorry. oh no. So right okay. when you're like, and that's it for today. Okay. Sorry. And I think that's going to be it for today, folks. We're going to have another episode later on in this month. I'm not sure exactly what day, but it's going to be with our guest. Let's talk horror. And we're going to be covering the sacrament and Jonestown. Stay tuned. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.